step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Valverde! Myth. Wolves are dangerous to humans. Fact. You have a better chance of being hit by a meteorite than eaten by a wolf. Except if you wake up naked in the woods. See the Bears come back and beat the Cardinals, so that was a lot of fun. It was a, I would say, about even as far as Cardinal fans to Bear fans out there. Uh, it was a, a good time, definitely. And I walked on uh, Devil's Bridge too. Whoa, in Sedona. Whoa, Sedona. All right. Do you know what this is? Yes, it's marijuana. How do you know that? It's labeled. That is Northern Lights Cannabis Indica. No. It's marijuana. I'm just saying that you can't be sure that it wasn't you. That's ridiculous. Of course it wasn't me. Marijuana is a memory lost drug, so maybe you just don't remember. I would remember. Well, how could you if it just erased your memory? That's not how it works. Now, how do you know how it works? Back it off, okay? I'm interviewing you. No, you said that I'd be conducting the interview when I walked in here. Now, exactly how much pot did you smoke? 
All right, role reversal right there. Um, change of guard. Uh, how you doing, Stag Party? Things going good? Living good, the dream? Yeah. Trying to keep cranking it out. Uh, I'm sure about week seven or eight here we'll hit a wall, but we haven't hit it yet. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Good, good, good. Well, essentially, uh, you know, we go off of uh, the games on NFL.com. You go to schedule, you go to week four, and you follow us down the list from the Thursday night game. But before we get into that first game, I want to uh, do a live read for our sponsor. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. You ask, how does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster and your league scoring system. SquadQL provides waiver wire and trade recommendations, plus the app gives you player rankings each week, and it's all based on your league settings. SquadQL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season. Head to SquadQL.com, download SquadQL, and your all-in-one fantasy football manager is in your hands. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free both on Apple and on Android. So head on over, guys, and check this thing out. It could be the difference on a win or two for you this season. Uh, why not? Give it a shot. All right. Let's get into some fantasy football matchups. Good times all around. We've actually got a pretty sweet game. Well, hopefully it's sweet. Hopefully the, the Vikings that showed up against the Buffalo Bills don't show up down in L.A. But uh, the Thursday night game is the Vikings are going and playing the L.A. Rams. We always like to start with the visiting team, so we'll go on the Vikings side. What happened uh, last week, and uh, is that going to be able to turn it around? Cousins went from, literally had Cousins for four, 57 points in my big scoring league the week before to essentially like a zilch. He might have had zero points. Um, maybe he got Well, it didn't start out very well. I know I had him on a league, and it was like, uh, as I'm at, at my tailgate, I'm like, why does he have negative 3.85 points? <laughs> it was a disaster. You know, had it not been a disaster, this could have been... You know, talked about. We may still be talked about as a preview for the NFC Championship game. Uh, two ph phenomenal defenses, and if I look at it for Kirk Cousins' sake, I don't think that this. The short week is good, so you don't have to think about too long what happened against Buffalo. But this is not the team in the defense that I would want to feel very comfortable playing against. Yeah, but we've also got to look at it. That was a classic trap game, right? Yeah. You've got a quick game coming up against you know a big opponent in the Rams on Thursday night. You're at home, favored by 17 points. You don't play your best uh, defensive lineman in Everson Griffin, and you don't play your starting running back in Dalvin Cook because... You know, you think you can beat the Bills pretty handily, and you get slapped in the fucking face. That's what happens in the NFL sometimes. Um, you can never overlook a team. That's why any given Sunday is such a great moniker. Any team can do it at any time. This is literally one of the biggest upsets of all time when you look at for Vegas. Uh, if you bet the Bills, you could have came away with some coin. Uh, 
But let's look at this. You know, you've got the Rams. They are not the defense they were just a week ago because you're losing Marcus Peters. You're losing Aqib Tlaib. This is a defense predicated on having two corners who can play man-to-man coverage at all times because we know Wade Phillips likes to blitz early and often on first and second downs and go to a more conservative style on third down. That's what's been so successful for him. Now, without that, without these two linchpin corners, are you going to have to mix in more zone looks? Uh, and that gives the guys, you know, a little bit more room to work. Uh, and you look at how this game went last season. The Vikings handled it pretty handily, winning 24-7. to um, The Rams scored early in that game and then never scored again. Um, but on the, on the Vikings side, you look at that offensive line. You look up the pressure that was given up by Riley Reef, and he's now on the injury report. You have a lot of moving pieces on that offensive line that need to gel together because they still do have Michael Brockers, Aaron Donald, and Ndamukong Sue. And whether they're trying to run the ball or throw the ball, those guys can wreck a defense or wreck an offensive line. They sure can. Um Amazing stats. So obviously, Thielen's getting peppered with targets uh, and getting uh, plenty of catches as well. He's uh, essentially um, on tar- on pace right now to have uh, 171 catches. Um, there's a number of players that are on that pace. I'll mention them as we come along. Some crazy uh, target and catch rates going on here. Always oh, tapers off a little bit, but it's fun to th- do the what ifs at this point early in the season. But on pace for 171 um, catches, which is pretty incredible right now. Through three games, he's got 32, which is only uh, six behind uh, Thomas uh, of the Saints, who's just balling as well. Um, so Thielen, obviously, right now is looking like Cousins' favorite um, target. And, you know, Diggs kind of got a little bit more of the momentum in drafts and was probably drafted before Thielen. And I think he was in both my leagues. Um, in a number of leagues, I think his ADP was rising. Uh, I think he'll come back and be just fine. But right now, it looks like Thielen's uh, really the, the go-to guy there. Um, does that maintain with, with these cornerbacks out? Do you, or do you think they're, they're going to spread the ball around? Do think they're going to try and ground and pound a little bit more? I mean... Thielen's sort of been the guy who gets the most targets, but but when you look at it, you know he's ninth and Stephon Diggs is twelfth in overall scoring. Stephon Diggs is the guy with three touchdowns this season, uh, you know scoring two in week two and one in week one. Um, you know Diggs has these sort of down games, but he's got that explosive upside. And without these corners, they could definitely find him. Uh, in, in the game, Matt, in the game last year, you know Thielen went, went for over 130 yards on six catches and a, a, a touchdown. So I, I don't think with these corners out that you can look at this and just be completely scared off two of the top guys and targets in in the league because you know. Uh, Stephon Diggs is averaging, you know, nearly ten a game himself, and Kirk Cousins is throwing the shit out of the ball. He he's right up there in QB looks um, right now. They have one of the highest run pass splits in the league. They are the pass heaviest team in the league, and you can blame that on you know having to throw fifty five times to come back. But other quarterbacks have also had to do that. You know, it's a different offensive coordinator. They don't look as committed to the run game. Uh, you know, Dalvin Cook this week looks to be back, you know, already back practicing today in portions that the media can see. So if you're looking for him to be in the lineup on Thursday night, he's likely to be there. Latavius Murray sort of fell on his face, but 
video was that game script. He was already knocked out of it. Uh, ended up with a you know decent, manageable fantasy day when all was said and done. But you know, you look at it. This team needs to gel a little bit because when Kirk Cousins gets time, he can deal. Yes. Whoa! Wow! Not like what I was saying. Do you not like what I was saying that much? You know, Kyle, Kyle Rudolph's been the guy who's been a red zone weapon and not much else. But, you know, at the tight end position, it's hard to sit him. Uh, so I, I think you're rolling with all your regular Vikings here, and you should expect a pretty high-scoring game without the top two corners. Yeah. Um, so Cook, uh, with that hamstring injury, obviously missed last week. Uh, but as you said, practice today, day-to-day, it looks like he's going to be pretty good. Um, I think a lot of... I think they need that. They need Cook around, and a lot of fantasy owners need him as well. Uh, anything else we want to uh, add for the Vikings, or should we jump over to the Rams side of the ball? Let's go ram it up, ram it, ram it. Oh, I'm gonna have to play that tonight. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while. They are wearing their throwback jerseys, if that makes that better. And people are trying on Twitter right now to get Wade Phillips to dress like Bum Phillips, oh, yeah, I saw and that. it's fucking hilarious. That, that I be, hope it happens. That would be fucking unbelievable. <laughs> um, the big cowboy hat and. Uh, old Carhartt jacket. Oh my god, that'd be great. Yeah, you look at um, the three wide receivers for the Rams. These are three of the top six snap guys at the wide receiver position. They're all playing, you know, ninety six percent and above in snaps. Cooks is always on the field. They're using each of these guys uh, on a weekly basis. It's hard to sit any one of them, but if you're looking at it, you got to think Brandon Cooks is going to get a lot of uh, a lot of you know roads, a lot of roads. There, he's got to be the guy who's on him. But then McVay is going to move him to the slot, so that Robert Woods is going to get him a lot. So you're maybe downgrading it a little bit overall. Maybe not expecting. You know, wide receiver two numbers and maybe expecting wide receiver three numbers across the board for him. But with how they're also using him in the jet sweep game, in the quick screen game, it's just so good. It's hard to sit any of those guys. Yeah, I, I really like Cooks. I, you know, I thought, you know, I think we all kind of discussed in uh, leading up to this year that weren't sure how well he was going to meld into this offense. Looks pretty damn good, and it looks like they're doing it, as Stack said, every type of way to be able to get him the ball and to help him to be effective. And also, I think we're seeing the growth of the Cooper Cup, and we're seeing you know his ability to be that guy that can control the middle of the field there. So uh, I think it's good. That, you know, it, it, it brings you to. Uh, hey, 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 hey. Looking like they're right back where they left off last year. 
uh, and that we're not, we haven't even gotten past their, their wide receiver crew to the best, at this point, the best fantasy guy out there. Everyone's wondering who, uh, who should go one, two, three, and four leading up this season. If we all could go back in time, uh, Gurley is, it looks to be the number one this season. Gurley or Kamara? Yeah, or Kamara. Yeah. Um, but when you look at Cooks, though, he's just been so consistent. Yeah. His low yardage game is 87 yards in the first three. His low target game is eight. His low reception game is five. So no matter the scoring system, he's not getting a downgrade. Uh, Cooper Cup's the guy they love to use in the red zone. They really don't use their tight end position at all. So it makes these three wide receivers highly vital uh, and viable every single week. Todd Gurley, continue to trot him out there. I don't care if it's the toughest run defense because they will get him involved in the red zone. He's got more red zone touches than anybody in the league. Um, He's getting red zone targets and rushes, everything you want. So Gurley's in there. And and Gurley's also doing it as a receiver. So, you know, he's not one-dimensional at all. They're going to find ways to get him the football even if he's having trouble running the ball. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and even though it's the Vikings – can you start Jared Goff? I guess that's the real question. Because he's been a guy averaging you know, over 300 passing yards a game so far and continuing to score at a high rate. Uh, so it's like, it's the Vikings, but it's also, this is Jared Goff. And are you believing in Jared Goff? You don't have to believe in the player, but right now the system is so good. He's you know, scoring fantasy points. What about also, as you mentioned, you're not, you don't have Talib. You don't, you don't have uh, you know, your other quarter. What if they fall behind? And now they're going to have to be throwing the ball more. This ends up being more of an offensive game. And then it kind of moves away a little bit from Gurley as, as a runner, moves him more into the receiver. And then that opens more things up for Goff as well. So if you think that the Rams' defense is going to take a little bit of a hit and give a little bit more points up, that puts more onus on the offense to have to score those points to make up the difference. So to me, that says if I've been rolling with golf uh, on my team, or maybe you were lucky enough to draft him as your second quarterback, I still wouldn't necessarily you know, fear away as much, although we do know that Thursday nights just don't produce typically as many points as you get on a Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Well, right now, Goff's 10th-ranked uh, uh, quarterback in fantasy points. Uh, through three weeks, so um, he's a he's a QB one at this point. If you're in a 12 man league, so I wouldn't be too scared with him. That you know we've talked in seasons past and on many shows when you've got so much weaponry around you and you're the facilitator, it can be a, a very a very uh, fruitful thing for the quarterback. And he's in that position. And then I love McVay standing up for him and saying, everyone's saying he's a it's ridiculous to call him a system quarterback. It's ridiculous. You know how good this guy is. Um, and I, I love that. So, uh, I think we're good on that game. Let's do ourselves a favor and go to the Sunday. You guys thought I was going to do an ad there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's my lead in for the ads. Uh, we're going to go to Sunday, September 30th. Uh, first game is going to be Jets, Jets, Jets at the Jaguars. I love the news. Um, yesterday or two days ago, past couple days, on a little buzz that the Jets uh, reached out to the Steelers about uh, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, first, you know, pontification, do you think, would you like that trade? For if if Le'Veon Bell is going to get traded, it's right now Vegas thinks that the favorite is Indy, um, or, but the Jets, the news is their reach out. Out of those two teams, who would you rather see Le'Veon Bell go to? Oh, I would rather see him go with Andrew Luck. I mean, I would rather have him be in a situation. Now, you could also say, well, hey, I'd rather him be with the, the rookie quarterback where he's going to be getting a heavier workload, but I, I feel that Andrew Luck... His dimension to what he would add to that offense, I like a better fit there. I, I agree. 
Uh, I just think there's so much room for a running back dump-offs, and he'd be such an improvement in the pass game, never have to come off the field, really solidify his situation. And when you look at the Jets, and you look at their run game, they've been getting by with the two-committee approach yeah. of Isaiah Crowell and Bilal Powell. They both so look really good. Why, why are you going to go out and spend an asset in terms of you know, a draft pick yeah. to get him when, hey, maybe you sign him in this offseason, and then I don't give a shit. You know, when you have a rookie quarterback, that's when you splurge on an asset like Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't give up another asset to get him right now uh, because I, you're getting by well, with I think Paul that, Powell and Crowell. I think that's a good point. I think the one thing that, that a lot of the experts out there, Sheffy and some of the others, think like a team that's going to go after Bell is a team that thinks they've got to run this year. It's like they got, they might make that trade and might not might not even be guaranteed to be able to re-sign to the long-term deal, but they'll rent those legs um, and, and and do it. So anyway, we can it'll get be them. interesting to see what they have to give up to get them though. Yeah, okay. yeah. fourth be my bet. Like I don't think you can give up more. Yeah, crazy. I, which is just amazing. Though. I was like, I would definitely give up a fourth for a shot at Le'Veon Bell this year. Yeah, I would too. I would too. If you're if you're in it to win it, yeah, he'll be on the he'll be on the Patriots in no time. Actually, the Steelers won't send, won't send him to the Patriots. No, no the no. Steelers won't pay. Or the Patriots won't pay for him. Yeah, you mean you don't, they you don't do. think they rent him for the year? Just no, I don't think so. Anyway, let's go to the Jets. Uh, Sam Darnold, after a couple of weeks where he, I feel like he was really looking great, um, and kind of in that, the second week loss, felt like his receivers and his tight end were letting him down a little bit. Um, you know, it, it became the it became the Baker Mayfield show. He didn't really look like he had it that night. It just wasn't in the stars. Um, do, I think that's a good thing to take your lumps as a rookie. It's just part of the game. Um, well, kinda, you get ready because it's yeah, going to happen this week. It's just too bad this is going to be a two-four because he gets got to go against the Jaguars this week. Stag party, what do you Yeah, I, I don't think you want anything to do with the pass game. The only guy that's even on the fringe of startable is Quincy Numa. So, you know, just because you think he's going to man the slot, he's going to run some tight end routes, he's going to be the short, intermediate play, which Darnold likes to throw when he has to. Quincy Newell is the most playable passing game asset. But I wouldn't play, you know, Darnold. Uh, now the question goes to the running backs because Bilal Powell in the game last year broke off a 75-yard run, ended up with 163 yards and one rushing touchdown. I remember it was on my bench. Yeah. It also caught four passes. So, you know, Bilal Powell's got some sneaky flex appeal here. Well, he's the only one that I would play. I'm not I'm not going with Isaiah straight up the middle, Crowell against this defense. I'll take the chances that they're most likely going to be in a dogfight or playing from behind, and that's going to open up things more for Bilal Powell to do things as a receiver. I agree. I wouldn't play Crowell. I'd play Bilal Powell over him. All right. Well, let's let's move on. I think we've yeah, been talking about Jets too much. It's a bad matchup for them in fantasy football. So let's go over to the Jaguar side. Um, is uh, Fournette going to be out again? Um, Does anyone know the news on that? Is he, he was close to playing last week, but they were you know playing it safe, and you know they didn't play him and all week. It looked like he was trending towards him playing. Last minute, they pulled the rug out from under us. He didn't play, uh, so I definitely expect him to be in the lineup. You know uh, this time around, the Jets actually pulled out a win <laughs> against Jacksonville last year. But Fournette, you know, gained 86 yards on the ground, caught uh, four for 59 and a touchdown in that matchup. You know, should he be active, you know, they've got to continue to ride him. But I also think they're going to ride, you know, Yeldon, and they're going to get Corey Grant involved. And these guys are all going to have, you know, some snaps. 
Uh, and it's not just going to be a you know domination of Leonard Fournette. So I'm, I think he's more of an RB2 than an RB1, but the matchup is still pretty good for him. Um, and, and then you look at Wardles. You know, we saw that blow-up game in week two, and they looked so good. And then Tennessee last week, and he looked like a completely different player. And the, the offense was just stagnant, and they seemed to not be as aggressive. And to be successful, like this offense has to be aggressive. They have to attack down the field. They've got vertical threats in D.D. Westbrook and Keelan Cole, Dante Moncrief, and D.J. Shark. These guys all want to get vertical down the field. They all run and one run goes. So, you know, Austin Severian Jenkins underneath, uh, and then whatever running backs in the backfield, you know, probably should get a lot of work. But... You know, I think these guys are all fringe starters, and I, I do think the Jets are improved enough in the secondary that Blake Bortles isn't a you know locked-in stream. Yeah, no, and the other thing too, it's like you know, can we just say that week three was a trap week because <laughs> here's another team that got caught uh, in, in, in the cogs uh, and, and got eaten alive. So you look at this, I, they really need Fournette to be back out there, even if Fournette's not at a hundred percent, just for what he'll add for the defense to have to worry about, to what it'll open up for guys in the passing game, for what it'll do for guys like Keelan Cole and for D.D. Westbrook. So I, I would say that you know it's one of those things that I would feel more com- comfortable. Even with Bortles as a, as a streamer, if Fournette's back in there, just so that uh, it takes some of the pressure off of him, and he doesn't have to, you know, do his fifty-five uh, percent completion percentage on thirty-five, forty passes. <laughs> um, cool. I think uh, I think we got that game pretty locked down. We good to go on to the next one. Let's go to the surprising three and zero Dolphins uh, going and hitting the. Uh, Maybe not even surprising. The Patriots always kind of shit it up, muddy it up a little bit at the beginning of the season. It's almost like they just try and get themselves pissed off to figure it out in uh, weeks of uh, practice and whatnot and turn it around in the second half of the season. But um, the Dolphins going to uh, Foxborough. Obviously, you know, the Tannehill's looking good. He's using uh, he's using all the all his weapons around him. Nothing great. It just seems like it's all kind of a um, an even, an even Steven kind of approach there, Dylan. Yeah. Doesn't it seem like okay? Go back. It's Adam Gase's offense, right? So think about it when it was Adam Gase with the Bears, and it was like where Cutler was having his resurgent season, but it wasn't a great fantasy season. Yeah, he was just playing within the offense and trying not to make mistakes, um, which was the same thing that Peyton Man- that he was doing with Peyton Manning at the end. Huh. So it's really just more of a control with with, with that situation with Manning. They had the opportunity when he was. Good, yeah. still that they were able to take all those shots. So right now, um, you know, you kind of see it, it, it come and go. But I'll still tell you that Kenny Stills is, is a consistent threat. Uh, you know, the, 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 he gets the touchdowns. He's he's still getting decent targets. Even you know, last week was only five targets, but he caught three of them for 61 yards. He, he is a, a, a longer play threat. Um, you know, it's always interesting because the Patriots, as you said, they always shit the bed, but then they always end up playing their own division, and they win all these division games. Mm-hmm. They they dominate their division. So uh, Miami has traditionally had a very rough time uh, in New England, and you know, I, I I worry too when you're coming off of a loss like New England is coming off of. This is not the type of game where I want to be going into their house and playing them. So uh, I probably would play Kenny Stills. Um, Kenyon Drake, I would probably fade on this week, uh, um, and uh, pretty much probably everybody else. Yeah, you know, Stills is one of these up and down performers that he's tough to rely on, uh, but, you know, they seem to consistently target him, but, 
You know, he doesn't always convert those, but when he does, man, it's a big play. And as long as you have him not as your wide receiver one, right? Yeah, you're <laughs> much more likely to start him as your wide receiver three or flex play yeah. when you need a big explosion. You know, I like that. Um, you know, going against the Patriots, I think the way you want to attack them is with the wide receivers. The Dolphins have been, you know, using a lot of their wide receivers so far this season. You know, whether it's Jakeem Grant or Albert Wilson, these guys are making big plays even in limited touches. Um, you know, Devontae Parker's playing a lot of snaps last week, but you know, not really involved. So I, I think you're starting stills. Nobody else is really in consideration. Nothing at tight end. Drake is the guy that's on the cusp, but can you stream uh, a guy like Tannehill, who's you know been successful over these last couple weeks, been efficient, you know, taking care of the ball, uh, you know, adding a little bit as a rusher, you know, I don't know. It's just the Patriots at home coming off a bad loss. Um, you know, opening the week as seven point favorites, even in the eyes of Vegas, is sort of a big thing uh, as well. Yeah, Tannehill is kind of like. If I'm viewing him this week, if you're looking at a stream, what's his high-end potential? Do you, do you see him cracking? Like 24 points. Right. Ever. Right. And so is that going to crack the top 10, or is that going to be putting him somewhere between quarterback 12 and 16? Um, so there might be a better better risk-reward option out there for you on the, on the stream wire. Brain teaser. I have two coins totaling 15 cents. One of them is not a nickel. What are they? A dime and a nickel. No, I said one of them is not a nickel. But the other one is. I've heard that before. Okay. A man and his son get into a car accident. They are rushed to the hospital. The doctor says, there's no way I can operate on this boy. Because he's my son. The doctor is the boy's mother. A man is found hanging from the ceiling. He stepped on a block of ice, hung himself, and the ice melted. Hunter. It's a polar bear because you're at the North Pole. <laughs> Why? Um, nice work. Uh, all right, so I think we're good on the Dolphins. Gusecki, is he getting any play? Is this just a classic case of rookie tight end action, or um, can he turn it around, or is this it's just going to be a, a, a dreadful season for the guy? Not, not dreadful, just not. I not, mean, I think it's going to be a not, non-fantasy relevant, you know, at least for the opening part of the season, while they're you know they're three and zero, like there's no reason for them to throw a rookie in the midst of this when they're getting you know fair enough production out of guys like AJ Derby. Cool. Um, all right, let's go to the Patriots side of the ball. I don't know what it is. I looked at it earlier. Oh, I do got it right now. Tom Brady's the 21st ranked quarterback. Uh, has you know less points than. Um, Josh Allen already <laughs> um, barely has more points than Ty God and Luck, um, so obviously not getting going uh, right out of the gates this year for TB12. Um, is age finally catching up to him? Is it a def- uh, talent deficient situation? Talent um, deficient. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it on that right now. You don't have a wide receiver for him to really take the pressure off. You let Brandon Cooks go. You see what Brandon Cooks is doing for the Rams. Um, Gronkowski. Is, is, is the perfect compliment when you have somebody else out there. You can't just count on him just to, to do it every single play. He was Ron's literally been double teamed. Triple. That's what I mean. He literally, <laughs> in the game that, that I was watching, was that Sunday night? Yeah. 
He was literally, they had a double team like right on him, and the other guy was literally seven yards behind him. He was getting essentially triple team. So does Gordon play? Do they look at that and be like, all right, the guy might not know the depth of the playbook, but we need his. Well, and his hammy may not have been 100% either. Is it, is it 100%? I mean, come on, guys. Like, that was a, a classic New England. There was no shot New England was playing that. That guy. Like, no, I knew that. I knew that, but he's playing now. Now, not, now, you talk to him. He's got a certain number of plays. Maybe it's 20, maybe it's 25 plays. Mm-hmm. You're comfortable with him in. And that's it. But what he could do in terms of, we talk about that gravity for Christian McCaffrey. A guy like Josh Gordon has it because he's a guy who can catch a slant pass and take it to the house. He's a guy who can go vertical down the field um, and, and catch it on his own and make contested catches. So this is a guy who's going to open things up for the other players in the offense. Totally. And especially you know next week when we see Edelman come back, yeah. it's going to be much different because then you're a little bit more complete on offense. Right now, you lost... Uh, Dion Lewis, you lost uh, Brandon <laughs> Cooks, you lost Danny Amendola, you you lost a good nucleus of this offense, and, and now you're trying to fit pieces together. And on a given week, you have three wide receivers active. Well, you just made a great point, though. So here's the whole thing: because even if Josh Gordon just comes out and he's the ultimate decoy, it helps to stretch the field and force the safety to have to watch him over the top. But the next thing is that you have Edelman coming back, and so if you're actually looking that's at this, not, that's, that's next, next week. Next I, week. Right, okay. but, but the point is this: if you're, I don't know if you're this is done. when you want to make this move because if you're actually thinking about it, Tom Brady is, is everyone's down on him. This would be the time to trade for a Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. Because think about it. Once all those guys get back into the fold, and they will be in the fold, now all of a sudden you're going to have a much more palatable offense that you're going to actually look at and say, okay, this makes more sense to play. But we're dealing with what they got going this week. And I th- I think that Gordon, they'll definitely throw in Gordon and have him play. And if I was uh, McDaniels, I would freaking have him lined up right next to Gronk on almost every play. Two, two within two, three yards of one another. What every time, like, all right, let's see a triple team him now. Uh, fuck off. Um, so it should be interesting. Gronk, uh, is he gonna have a nice game in this one? Is this uh, is this another kind of uh, situation where the Dolphins are, are structured in a way that they can shut him down? And as we said, they don't have Amendola back. They don't necessarily have a, a a Gordon that's gonna be ready to really dominate quite yet. We think. Um, who knows? Yeah, I, I think you know Gronk's been in a good spot all season long, and he's been getting targets. Uh, the problem is they've been focusing a lot of defensive attention to him, and you know the way Miami is set up is they are really strong at corner. Um, so you look at any of these receivers, and they don't look like great plays on their own. You don't look at Chris Hogan as a standalone play, and you look at his number of targets and, and what he's been doing so far through the first week of the season, and you're left wanting more. Um, you know, Philip Dorsett's had a, a couple nice moments, but you know he's more of a complimentary piece as well. So, you know, with Xavier Howard and how he handled uh, Amari Cooper this year, he might be a top five, top ten cornerback in the league. Is that a guy you can stick on Gronk? And I'm not sure. You're probably going to go. You're probably going to go with Minka Fitzpatrick <laughs> as your primary coverage on Gronk. Um, you know that—that's where I really think you're going to get the main defensive focus is Minka and you know linebackers underneath. So I, I do like Gronk putting it to a rookie a little bit this week. Yeah, the other thing about Gronk, though, think about his history against the Dolphins. 
it's it's a bit of good and bad. So he's averaged 62 and a half yards per game. In 11 games, he scored eight touchdowns, but he only catches 55% of the passes thrown his way. Targeted 79 times, 44 catches. Huh. So, you know, you'll take the touchdowns. So, but at the same time, is this one of those teams that he just straight out, flat out dominates? No. One thing to say about um, Gordon is the fact that this uh, Dolphins defense did let up a huge game to Jordy Nelson last week. And that maybe might be the same kind of route tree and the same kind of uh, runs that is happening uh, for for uh, Gordon this week, which could prove means he could actually have some, I, some things happen. I don't know. Do you immediately treat Josh Gordon as the number one? Because then he gets Xavier Howard, he gets a top ten quarterback in the league, and that's it. He he's on him all game. You don't you don't put you don't put uh, Jordan, you don't put that guy on uh, Gronk. You can't. The size is. Too, I, I think. I, I think, mean, you might try it. Well, don't you kind of like maybe maybe you do one of these things? Maybe you don't let him, you don't play him on Gordon uh, at the beginning, and then if he burns you for the one, then you make the move. Who you know who else could uh, effectively really benefit? It's everyone's going to benefit by Gordon being on the field. You got to worry about. That's a great question. I would love to know what website I have open that is making this noise. <laughs> but uh, maybe Dorsett benefits a bunch this week. Who knows? Yeah, Dorsett could be the guy who. Uh, as the secondary weapon, but if you know Josh Gordon's out there, is even Dorsett seeing a good number uh, of touches? And that's something I sort of doubt. Cool. Um, anything else? I like that call though on trading low for Brady, knowing that Edelman and all that stuff. Like, there's so many great quarterbacks. I can give a court. You can give a Ryan who's coming off a big game, or a Cousins who's got um, had a big game and has a great offense, and like maybe a couple other pieces, and try and get uh, a Brady. We'll see. Um, a lot of crazy stories going on about that team. Gronk almost getting traded to Detroit. He, talking about that last week. Could you imagine if they he, they moved him too? How deficient that team would be. And then you hear uh, just how from the other book about Belichick. Um, how Brady just hates us. they hate each other. Brady hates him. He's like they're like he's just so sick of them and just they. He's like I've, we've been married for 17 years. There's a crack and it's just like I just am sick of this fucking guy. I can't deal with it anymore. And I I can imagine I can imagine that Belichick seems like the kind of guy to be hard to have be your coach. Did you see the meme of him walking out with the like, two kids? Uh, kids like over the high five and he just walked right by him. Such an asshole. I love like it. A I love it. Love it. All right. Um, before we get to the next uh, game, do us a favor and listen to this. Sweet. And then listen to this. Valverde. You're going number one. You've got ten more seconds. I got ten more seconds. Until, until until I get another sound comes out of my computer that I don't know where it's coming from. Then we're doing it. You're doing it on purpose. It was, you're trying yeah. to get you're trying to get some dramatics going in the bum, audience. Bum, bum. That is the one draw. That's one of the many drawbacks of us not um, being together when we do our show. There's no lead-in music. There's not the uh, sound bites. Um, so as much as I do kind of enjoy sitting up there and having these all these computers up and, and being able to kind of be on top of it for the show more, it is uh, it's sort of a bummer in a lot of other regards uh, when we are not together. So welcome back. Let's get to the Eagles at the Titans. Wentz, good times. Looked uh, looked like obviously you know if that was game one, 
I like the trajectory. It looked, it didn't look like he was hindered too much uh, by the injury. He wasn't trying to do anything too special. Um, let's go down the line for the Eagles. What are, what are your thoughts with Wentz back? Is it, a, is, is it a growing, growing uh, beast for these guys? Is, is this the matchup uh, that they want, or what do you expect from I mean, the Eagles? Right now. The Eagles really need Alshon Jeffrey back. So they, they need this number one wide receiver because, you know, last week they used a lot of Dallas Goddard as their, uh, you know, secondary complementary receiver to Ertz uh, and, and Nelson Aguilar. But they really need uh, Alshon Jeffrey. He's sort of a big field stretcher who, no matter if he's covered, uh, you can still throw it up to him and give him an opportunity in situations where plays break down. Because you know Carson Wentz did look good uh, athletically moving behind that line of scrimmage, but um, you know things have been lacking. Just thirty-five percent. Uh, of the Eagles' receptions this season have been by wide receivers. Um, and most of those have been Nelson Aguilar. And most of those have been Nelson Aguilar. Uh, and we talk about the depth we thought they had at wide receiver, and that's all but disappeared through the first couple weeks. You've got no more Mike Wallace. And, and um, you know, how, how it sort of happened through – you know, the preseason, they, they've lost players like Matt Collins. Uh, so they're really lacking, you know, an additional element there. So they need to get Alshon Jeffrey back because Alshon Jeffrey is a difference maker and he's going to bump everybody else back down to where they're supposed to be uh, in the pecking order. But that could be this week or it could be next week. Um, How about Jay Ajayi? Jay Ajayi. They're saying he's day-to-day again, could be back this week, but... Uh, you know, back injuries are a tough thing. Mm-hmm. Do you give him a full workload? You know, seeing how well Wendell Smallwood played, uh, you know, as a complimentary rusher, and Corey Clement still did his work as a receiver and, and what would be was a, adequate enough as a rusher. What would be a full workload anyway when you have all of these guys there? So this is one of those ones where if I have JHI, I even if he does play. I'm probably just going to fade on it just because I want to make sure that the back is healthy. And I worry, again, especially, like you said, how good Wendell Smallwood did do with his 10 carries. Uh, and Corey Clement has shown that he's, uh, he's capable. Yeah, and the Tennessee Titans uh, are allowing just 11.4 fantasy points a game to opposing running backs. That's the third best number in the NFL so far. They've been pretty stingy. Um, so it's not – I don't. I probably wouldn't bet on Ajay, uh, you know, Alshon – if I have him on my team, it's probably a wait-and-see week. If he's active, I want to see what, how he produces. I, I think you can wait another week. Although it depends on what your team is constituted like and where you're drafting him, right? Because I have him like in a situation where I don't have to play him. But I'm in another, my buddy has him in another league where he is desperate for a wide receiver. So if he's active... I guarantee you there's no doubt that... that, that I do a lot of things in desperation. (laughs) (laughs) I live my life on that desperation edge. Um, Cool. Should we... uh, Got anything else we want to talk about on the Eagles side? Would you play Godair? It's risky because he's been phased out of game plans, you know, in the first and second weeks, but he's returning from an injury. Is he now, you know, more active because... Now they're running a lot of two tight end sets. So that gives them a little bit more viability. I think if you're desperate, uh, he's in consideration. But again, it's it, you're hoping for a lot there. And I remember week one, he had that one ball that he went through his hands. 
and it got intercepted, and they were kind of like, all right, rookie, let's, let's calm down, and they kind of brought him out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so Dar- in my rookie league, my two rookie, I've got a couple others, but my two playable rookies, Darnold or Godair. Well, hey, Wentz targeted him seven times, and he caught them all last week, so. I think I got to go Godair, right? Or do you go Wentz because he could just get a nice long touchdown to Robbie Anderson or something? Well, again, but I don't like the matchup against the Jaguars. Oh, so no, I'm going to go, no. go, go, go there. You're going to go go there? Yeah. I don't know. It's a scoring system. How, uh, it's pretty standard. It's pretty, it's pretty one, standard. One yeah, for 25 yards pretty standard. Standard. Pretty standard. Yeah, I mean, that it's sort of tough to just fade that quarterback. Yeah. All right, I agree. I, that's why I drafted the fucker. But, but if yeah, he throws yeah, two picks and uh, 192 yards, you're not going to be happy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he, he was, I was not happy with Darnold. The Tennessee, the Tennessee Titans yeah. on defense have allowed just 66.9 uh, total fantasy points through the first uh, a week, through the first three weeks. They're the sixth best defense in terms of allowing fantasy points, and they are the number one team against tight ends. But you're not going to sit. Uh, a guy like Zach Ertz, especially when you look at the field of tight ends to choose from. All right, let's go over to the Titans. Um, looks like Mark. It looks like this is going to be a pretty tough the, uh, offense to really start, count on. For, yeah, for, start start your players and know where your points are coming I mean, from. Yeah, you're you're right. Uh, Lord Reeves on Twitter. Derrick Henry's been the RB45 and the RB47 the past two weeks, week two and week three, while the Titans have been tied or leading for 94% of their offensive plays. I think that says it all. If that guy, that tank of a man, is not getting the ball when they are in a game script and they're ahead or tied, um, then I would say it's going to be a long um He's also got to find the end zone. Bag road for for Henry. If he's not finding the end zone, which he has yet to do this year, what are you getting out of it? You're getting you're getting the twenty carries for 65, 70 yards. You know. Yeah, I mean, right now the efficiency's not there, but the carries have been there. He's yeah. been at fifteen or sixteen. So maybe when he starts, if he breaks off. You know, we talk about that 62-yarder in week one. If he's got that, his rushing total looks much different. Mm-hmm. People aren't complaining as much. He's doing all right. And this is a team that looks stout on defense. So if you've got Marcus Mariota who can't feel the back three fingers of his hand, it, you know, they're not going to be out there. still has to play. They're not going to be <laughs> yeah, out there throwing, throwing the ball around the field. So, you know, Derrick Henry gets some consideration for that reason, but the Eagles' defensive line is still stout, and they're one of the tougher run defenses in the entire league. So that's where you look at it, and you're like, maybe maybe Deion Lewis a little bit more as a receiver, but I'm more on the fact that, like, because Derrick Henry's been this RB44, RB45, it, it's not a shout on the mountaintops for Deion Lewis. Like, Deion Lewis hasn't been the man either. Yeah. Um, so I'm it's really just an avoid spot for both. If you ask me, and then you look at the wide receivers, it's like, uh, you know, Corey Davis just hasn't converted enough of his opportunities because the opportunities have been there, the air yards have been there. What you're looking for is this guy to rebound and really assert himself, and it just hasn't been there. And, you know, without Delaney Walker in the middle of the field, you know, that tight end position isn't much. And then they're mixing the rest of their wide receivers up between Tajay Sharp and Rashard Matthews and Taewon Taylor's getting more snaps over the last couple weeks. Um, and that's just scary all around. So if you want to ask right now, right now the Titans are a full fade. Here's the problem. Don't play any of them. I'm, I'm super scared about Mariota and how healthy he is. I mean, look, 
He threw, completed 12 passes last week for 100 yards. 100 yards! All right, and you know, he, the only way he's going to get his points right now is, is with his legs. Uh, you know, his, his longest pass was 22 yards. So, you know, you would say, okay, well, theoretically, that should be like more, more for Deion Lewis. It, it, there's just no flow there. And I think that if he really is not at 100%, which he doesn't seem to be, it is a real hindrance. And in addition to not having Delaney Walker, which was just a, such a settling uh, presence for that offense to have, and, and they don't have that now. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I agree. Fade it all. Fade him. Um, all right, let's go over to the Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. Start with the Texans. Uh, first part of the game, Sean Watson looked like he had a, a de- he kind of had a Dudley half. Things kind of came around in the second half. Was able to hit that 300-yard mark. Obviously, they're 0-3 right now. Um, I'd say Hopkins has looked all right. You know, not looking like a first-rounder at this point, but. Um, a lot of the running backs and uh, that were taken in the first round, and a lot of the wide receivers as well, haven't. So compared to Antonio Brown, right? He's in a company with many, many players. Here's the difference, though. Think about Antonio Brown. What did Antonio Brown get yesterday? Was it one target in the second half? I think he had six catches for like seventy yards. But it was, I mean, it was like he didn't have more than one or two targets. I think in the second half, so he mm-hmm. they was kind of abandoned throughout throughout that game. DeAndre Hopkins gets targets every single game. So it's always double-digit targets. He, he, he's getting it up there. So you, you know that he's going to get his looks. I'd say the person that's been amazing and, and one of the guys that I've been so happy on that I drafted, Will Fuller. Yeah. Right? Because you, you talk about it. Everyone has to pay attention, uh, you know, to, to, uh, to Hopkins. And what's the one thing that Fuller always was able to do was always able to burn the defense as long as he holds on to the ball. Now he's making some of those bigger catches, but you know he still has more opportunities that he could do so much more if he could just haul an extra one or two in. Deion, Antonio Brown's got 42 targets. DeAndre Hopkins only got 32. Yeah, I mean that's still ten a game. Right. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad. And there was that one game where like he, or maybe two. Well, games all, where like DeAndre is also getting mugged down the field. There's been these plays where they're just hey. We're not going to let you catch the ball anymore. We'll just, yeah. we'll just fucking mug you. <laughs> and he, I'm going to be honest, his style of play um, causes that reaction from defensive backs because he's a very physical guy. Yeah. He really pushes off a lot. He uses momentum out of cuts a lot and does a lot of like really sneaky, very awesome. I mean, like, that's just what the good players do. But. The, 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 the guys guarding him get fucking pissed, and then they, they're all over him, and it gets very physical with him on a reg basis. Yeah. You look at Will Fuller, though. His 16-game pace off of games he started with Watson, uh, you know, it's 99 targets, but 67 receptions, 1,254 yards, and 26 touchdowns. 26 touchdowns. The touchdowns. that? That's Will Fuller. That's his pace for if he, every if he, uh, for uh, all the games he's played with Deshaun Watson. That would be a 16-game season. season. <laughs> the touchdowns obviously going to come down, but they they've scored a lot, and they just have a connection near the red zone because they're running these sail routes, uh, and you know Fuller's got that speed where he can make it over the top and 
Watson's just putting it at the pylon. Doesn't it? Here's the perfect thing. That's exactly what it, 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 you would expect from a guy like Will Fuller. It's like that 67 catches for the 1,200 yards. Sounds to me like the oldest burner in the league when he was having his highlight years. It sounds like Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. It was 65 catches for 1,200, 1,300 yards with 12 or 13 touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. And he's all yeah. He's got a little gin in him. Yeah, he, he's a, a field stretcher. Yeah. But you know, two weeks ago he showed more than that. He showed a little yak game, which was great. So if he continues to develop, man, they've got a great one-two punch. Um, so I'm riding both of those guys. Uh, they should go get Le'Veon Bell. Maybe. Would help. Maybe. I mean, Lamar Miller's okay. Like. He's continuing to put up fantasy points. He's scoring, you know, here and there every other week. Uh, he's catching a couple passes. Uh, it, it's it hasn't been like great, but if he just continues to do this, he's like an RB two or flex play that you know what you're going to get out of it. It's never sexy, but it, it works. Yeah. And that's exactly what he was last year because I had him last year. I had him for the last two years, and I what tri- he's been his whole career, right? It, it, he had the, it gives you like one or two huge, like the one where on Miami we had the ninety yard run, and then he had one early on with with the Texans where he had like the huge big run, but then there were also the games where he was like going off and rushing for. Like like seventy yards in the uh, in the in the first uh, half, and then he didn't touch the ball the entire rest of the game. Yeah. So a lot of times, that's the other problem that happens to him is that a game plan goes away from him. But he's a very frustrating guy because if you're looking at that running back when you want to think about what his ceiling should be, but what his ceiling actually ever results to, it's it's depressing. <laughs> Let's go over the cold side of the ball. They had a, they've, they've had some interesting games going on. It looked like they could have uh, snuck out and had a had a nice uh, win at the end of the uh, end of that game, but just kind of looked like something went wrong. Uh, Stags, you you know the, the the stat here on just like the way Andrew Luck um, his down the field throws are, are not hitting and he's not really taking those. I love your tweet about the fact that the Kobe Brissett uh, Jacoby Brissett being thrown, being the quarterback for the team when they're doing the Hail Mary, it just that, that's a speaks lot. volumes. Yeah, and right now you look at T.Y. Hilton, he's the guy who's most affected uh, because you look at him and his history against the Texans, he burns them deep all the time. I don't know if Andrew Luck has the arm to find him. He's T.Y. He's T.Y. Landry right now. Yeah, but hey. He, they're using one of these little slant patterns in the red zone, so you're not upset as a T.Y. Hilton owner. You might be upset about that ceiling that you thought was existent, and right now it doesn't look existent, but overall the production from him is nothing to scoff at. Uh, and then you look at Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron was in such a smash spot last week. You know, no Jack Doyle. Got 11 targets. Yeah. So the process was right in playing Eric Ebron. He just didn't convert. And a lot of those opportunities were red zone targets. Um, and the ball was either just knocked away or he didn't come down with it. So, you know, overall, that is a little concerning. Um, but, um, you know, the way... <sighs> You know, Andrew Luck is playing. It's tough for them to be in love with it. And I lost my train of thought. I'm, I'm sorry. I was, I was breathing very heavy during your, uh, your sorry, thing there. Daisy's crazy. <laughs> Uh, um, the dog came out and interrupted Stags, walked around him, breathed, he kind of licked his computer a little bit, and uh, Stags is... Uh, I'm flustered. <laughs> I'm flustered. Um, but, you know, you know, 
I, I still think if Eric Ebron's going to be the tight end one without Jack Doyle, you continue to trot him out there because the opportunities are there, and those are eventually going to come around. Um, it's, it's not like you could blame Eric Ebron on a lot of those. They were just playing great defense, but some, yeah, he, he had some drops. Yeah, but at the same time, too, if Andrew Luck is going to have a harder time making the deeper throw, then it's going to open up more things for whoever is playing a tight end position. So yeah. that's, that's good for Ebron, and, too. And Ryan Grant's been the guy they've been using a lot of mm-hmm. underneath. Other than that, you know, this offense is what it is. Uh, and in this matchup, you know, against the Texans, this could be, this defense, maybe Eli Manning looked legit last week. Yeah. Uh, and Eli Manning had struggled for the first two weeks, and J.J. Watt looks back, but they can't seem to keep their core healthy at the same time and on the field. Yeah, that's the trouble. So, and, and, and then at the same time, too, I would imagine at this point in time, I, you, you don't really feel comfortable about starting any of the, the Colt running backs. No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> yep, thank you. Let's move on to the next game, but before we do that, let's listen to this. We've got the Bills at the Packers. The surprising Bills looking to do it two weeks in a row to the NFC North on the road. Yeah, and, um, you know, these are very uncommon opponents. When's the last time you saw uh, the Bills and the Packers? Four years ago. Yeah. (laughs) It's not something that's happening all the time. They're not very familiar with each other's styles of play. And, And you look at the Bills, Josh Allen, no great game. Mm-hmm. Hey, props to you, man. You're you're completing these short dump-off passes, and the things you're doing as a runner is making you fantasy viable. Because they're running running back, or they're running quarterback powers near the end zone with this guy. They're letting him run, and he's got a little bit of speed. And you, you look at the touchdowns scored in next-gen stats, he had one of the top five fastest plays last week. Now, but the thing is, though, if you were a LaShawn McCoy owner, and you picked up Chris Ivory... And then Josh Allen rushes for two touchdowns. It's okay. You got one. You got one. All right. Yeah, I know. You got a long touchdown catch score. You can't be that mad if you somehow ended up playing Chris Ivory. Um, we had a long catch. He didn't score. He didn't. No. Oh, wow. No. No. It was 120. Of the, uh, he had a 55 yarder, but it was three catches for 70 yards and 20 carries for 56. But yeah. Uh, I think you'd take that. At this oh point. no, you'll take it. But um, imagine if he scored the touchdown again. Yeah. What it does for your fantasy production on it? Yeah, but you know, if Josh Allen's going to continue to run. We know how viable that makes quarterbacks. So it's something we've got to monitor here uh, against the Packers. You know, they they lost uh, Muhammad Wilkerson in the middle of their line last week, and, and they have looked to have one of the deeper defensive lines in in the league. And if Clay Matthews can ever get stopped for calling or for <laughs> For hitting, for hitting the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else. You, for roughing the passer, maybe. I, but I, I'll tell you what, I like Ivory as a play this week because look at what the Packers have. You know, Jordan Howard had a good game against them. Adrian Peterson just, just tore him apart. Why wouldn't you feel comfortable at this point in time? And also, when you know that you're playing against a hobbled uh, Aaron Rodgers who's not able to necessarily exploit that offense as much as he's been able to in the past, which then is going to keep your team potentially in the game longer and allow you to be able to run the ball more. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I still think LaShawn McCoy is more likely to be back. Than you think, okay, you think, well, but if he's not back, I'm starting Ivory. Okay. And I'm starting McCoy, who I've been a fader on for like, you know, just I, just, yeah. I feel like it's over, but... I would definitely uh, start him this week against the Packers. And at wide receiver, I think you're continuing to start nobody. 
Uh, at tight end, you're continuing to start nobody. Love, love that guy. What number is nobody? Zero? Zero, zero. Double zeros. <laughs> 11, actually. Zay Jones. No! H-O-F-er. Flipping over to the Packers, the Packers have just adapted their offense to this new version of Aaron Rodgers. They have yet to attempt a pass from under center this season. Um, so they are exclusively running a shotgun offense, and that looks good for a guy like Aaron Jones, who's the more effective shotgun runner. You know, was the nine and you know had nine eleven chunk play, uh, nine eleven yard chunk plays early in the drive, and then just continued to seem to pick up plays. Uh, he didn't overall you know overwhelm in the number of snaps he played or his number of opportunities. Uh, and they continue to use all three of the guys to where Aaron Jones was the number three in terms of snap counts, which is the only concerning part. Well, we know, but we know what they are. Like, but he had the most carries. Yeah, because he's the best runner. Right. Like, there's no doubt about it. But is there an opportunity for him to be a 20-carry guy in this offense, or is he going to be a... 10 to 15 yeah. you know, carry guy with not much else work because then you're counting on 50 or 60 yards so he has to score to be fantasy viable yeah, yeah it's, it, I, I, I know where it's coming from but it's like this is why it makes that entire situation if you're an owner of a Jamal Williams or even a Ty Montgomery or an Aaron Jones it, it screws you up, it shouldn't be a Ty Montgomery owner, but uh, it, it screws you up right, because uh, and I know Montgomery had a good week last week as a receiver. Yeah. But I just don't want to start any of them because I don't know who to start because where are those points going to come from? And again, with the fact that, uh, that, that everything is going on a shotgun, that just takes away so many of the opportunities that you're going to get from any of them as a running back because you're going to be forced to kind of use some short passes and things in, in lieu of running game in a lot of aspects. So I, I'm, I'm fading on the running back situation there. I, mean, I, I think you start Devontae Adams. All day long. I think at this point you're starting Geronimo Allison over Randall Cobb uh, most weeks. Um, you know, that second wide receiver position, third wide receiver, the guy who's playing a little bit more outside, you know, Allison's just been making plays. And whether it's been in the red zone or as a yak receiver, which is something I didn't think Geronimo had, but he, he's been excelling in that range. I think he's the play over Randall Cobb any given week. Jimmy Graham, what do you think? Well, I mean, I think you can play him. It's just one of those things that I, anyone who's kept thinking all along, ever since he left New Orleans, that he was ever going to be what he was in New Orleans, it's just, it's not the case. He just becomes kind of more of that, you know, he gets he gets his usage. I mean, he got seven targets last week, but he's not, he's not being utilized like he was in New Orleans as that downfield uh, receiver. He definitely seems to have lost a step, so he's kind of more, more of a possession type of a guy and not one that I'm... You know, if I, 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 w- I didn't invest in him, but again, if you invested where you did, most likely that's probably who you're going to start, you know. Unless maybe you picked up like a Will Disley or something. No, don't, Disley. Don't go Disley. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Disley. <laughs> Jimmy yeah, Graham is just the tight end 17 in standard leagues over the first three weeks. But he also hasn't found the red uh, end zone. And that's something we thought he was really going to excel at. And it hasn't been a hamper on a guy like Devontae Adams as of yet. But we thought it was going to be what he was going to do also in Seattle. He didn't do it. So so we'll see. Let's go over to uh, the next game. But before we do that, you got one? Okay, cool. (laughs) So, sorry, just a little side note. When I walked up, I don't know how Daisy did it, but she was like, 
back behind my fucking bed, like caught between some frames. Like she must not have been able to get up, and she's moving back. So sorry about that. Um, <laughs> All of a sudden, I open the door, and she's got to help her up, and she's like, I'm out of here. Uh, all right, let's go to the next game. Leones at the Cowboys. Uh, Lions coming up a fresh victory. Uh, Patricia, you got one? You got one? Well, no, just, uh, oh, I, 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 just I, I wanted to make a, a, a give Detroit their flipping props. They had their first 100-yard rusher in 70 games since Reggie Bush in 2013. Crazy. That that's crazier even than that, that was seventy games ago. The seventy. The team. You only play sixteen. <laughs> is carry is that is carry on gonna carry this on? Um, and, and, and they're gonna just start realizing, hey, we gotta give this guy the ball. He's our most dynamic uh, runner, and you know. We, well, look, I'm 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 been big on carry on Johnson. If you remember when I was debating on what do I do, Ronald Jones, carry on Johnson, or something yeah. else in my rookie draft before any preseason had had gone on, and I'm like, I, I think I gotta go carry on Johnson, and 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 you look at what he's done, and it's fine that Legarrette Blunt was still out there to to kind of do to do his damage, and. I think the, the the bigger person who is going to who's been taking the hit is because of Johnson is potentially that three down all everything back theoretic and so theoretic did catch a shit ton of passes two weeks ago two weeks ago no no and this is the thing with theoretic you're going to get based on situations right but, but this I, is I, also a good situation for theoretic I just worry and I'm saying more for looking forward though if you're looking five six weeks down the road I, because because his question was about carry on Johnson yeah. yeah I think that he will end up being that that load type guy that is getting that 18 to 20 carries per game and getting 25 I'm not games. even thinking that needs to necessarily happen in five games I mean you're coming off that hundred yard game. It's like you it could strike happen. it while it's hot. I mean, I, I don't know if I don't know if he's going to get a hundred yards again. But you got to think that the offense is uh, just thinking. Uh, Cooter's just like, all right, we're going to feed this guy and see if this is going to become. They a need a running game, game to help. Yeah. They need a running game. It, it brought them to a different level last week. Uh, the way you do that is you sort of eliminate Legarrette Blunt. Like. I, Blunt's going to be a guy who's used on certain situations. Goal line, short yardage. Just don't bring him out anytime else. Because <laughs> carry on's a better player all around and makes your offense more dynamic because he can catch the ball out of the backfield and allows you to call a more diverse game plan when he's in the game. So Blunt needs to be eliminated except in like certain situations because he's still playing the same number of snaps as carry on Johnson. I think that's and that be that's got to be eliminated because gotcha. Theo Riddick plays a much more important role for that offense sure. than Legarrette Blunt. Well, right, because he, he can actually break some bigger plays and actually do something with the ball. So I'm I'm with you there, but but don't you think though too? Again, one of the always the biggest problems, one of the things that Legarrette Blunt is very good at is blocking, right? So. It takes a rookie usually a few more games to kind of get that down, and I think also now that they got the win under their belt, I think that that helps a lot. So maybe yeah. you do have the opportunity to give him a bigger opportunity because now also you have fan support behind it as well. And so, in internal locker room. Remember two weeks ago you were hearing about disgruntled Lions players yeah. like Patricia's rides is too hard to practice. We do these two uh, two hour practices that are super hard. Uh, you know, and he's trying to change the culture overall. You beat the Patriots, and you can go into that first meeting after and be like, all right, guys, I know I ride you hard, but look at the fruits of your labor. You just beat the best team in the in the NFL for the last 20 years, and you kind of you get buy-in for that. 
the thing is, Carryon Johnson is well rounded. Like he's a good shotgun runner. So far this season, he has 14 rushes from the shotgun for 88 yards. Uh, from under center, 15 uh, rushes for 73 yards. This guy has been electric, and if you want to run Matthew Stafford in the shotgun, Carryon Johnson's the better back to do that because Legarrette Blunt is awful there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, so do you? So can we also maybe then attribute it, it to uh, the, the rookie coach, the rookie coach who? Where did LeGarrette Blunt play? He played with him in New England, so he kind of feels some stupid flipping loyalty to him. Which, as Are you're we? pointing out, with every stat that you flip and read, Patricia. He doesn't need to be out there. Yeah. Hang on, see, because you got me on the muters, man. I had the problem. muters. The muters. I'm like Butch Cassidy, and Michael is like Mozart. You try and hurt Mozart, you're gonna get a bullet in your head, courtesy of Butch Cassidy. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> It's a good juxtaposition. It's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, so, you know, looking at Theo Riddick, he, he's their guy in passing situations. We know that. Uh, against Dallas, you can attack them through the air with your running backs, especially if Sean Lee's likely to be out uh, as, as their best coverage linebacker, as their best side-to-side linebacker. So th- that's why I think Theo Riddick and Carry On Johnson really need to be the, the plays duo, this yeah. week. Yeah. Well, they should um, be the duo. Is also the duo, too. yes, um, going forward. But this week, those guys just fit so much better for what you should do to attack the Cowboys. Um, and then looking at the rest of the plays, Kenny Galladay just keep riding the hot hand. Eighty-eight percent of the snaps. Getting targeted constantly every week. Red zone weapon. Um, nothing you don't like there. So keep playing Kenny Galladay. He's a wide receiver. Isn't he like the one that you feel the happiest about? Yeah. Because you've right. drafted him so late. Yeah. And they're basically all almost getting Marvin the same slipping. chip. He slipped in every draft I was in. Like, to the point where it's like, I didn't even want to take him. I was like, after you watch, like, all right, this right. I've done like four rounds where this guy's still the number one wide receiver. I'm going to, I got to do it. Um, but yeah, Galladay, I like all I like all those wide receivers. I mean, and Jones has given you what two touchdowns this year, so he scored last week. Yeah, yeah and he's still a target of some red zone plays and some deep shots. So mm-hmm. he's getting those plays that are highly valuable in fantasy football. That makes him tough to sit. And in the last two weeks, that's really turned out. But in PPR, he's got just four catches a week, uh, four each and every week though. Uh, so he's been more of a four for fifty, four for for sixty type of guy um, than the eighty or nine, the five for eighties he was last year. So that's the one main concern: is his totals aren't going to be as massive at the end of the season because of the presence of Galladay. That's the biggest point right there. He's yes. also, you know, a good handcuff. If you're hanging on to Marvin Jones and something never happens to Kenny Galladay. You got to elevate him immediately to your starting lineup. Think about that for any of these guys. Yeah. Whether you have Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, or Kenny Galladay, if you have any share of these, if one of the other two go down, the amount of targets goes extremely high. And because think about this too. There was a reason where they knew that Kenny Galladay was going to be a bigger part of this offense this year when they were going in. Why else would you let Eric Ebron leave and just fill it with Luke Wilson? Okay, and, and, and the other part is that he earned all these playing spots and, and through how he was playing in games and in practice, and then they got into the preseason, and he just was like, they're like, holy shit, he's taking another oh, step. This is ridiculous. Here's the one th- worry that I have with that. It's not a worry, but uh, these are three of the most 
um, rugged and healthy body receivers there are. Marvin Jones essentially doesn't miss games. Same with Tate. And Galladay looks like he's just just a ridiculous, uh, as Dog would say, a body of Adonis. I mean, that play and that, 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 that size that he's got, the ability and the speed, and then to be able to have that body control to do that flip and hit the uh, pylon, it, it's, oh, it's, it's, control. it's a sweet, sweet thing. Stafford right now is um, in third in the league in passing attempts. Uh, he's at 135, and that's behind Cousins, who you mentioned earlier, who's number one tied with Ben Roethlisberger, and those guys both just have four more attempts uh, than him. Um, Matthew Stafford is averaging 16.7 fantasy points a game, but that's QB 17 so far this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but again, it's because they've been, they, well, they had a horrible first two games where they didn't do anything. So judge it, don't judge them as much uh, on that if you look Well, his at- last game before that was true. Uh, 347 yards. So, so, so take out the first game. First game was the first game. Yeah, and, and this last game was like a 262, so that's a good blending. He's around a 300 yard passer almost every week. You know, and again, if you are, if, we, if we're going to agree that Patricia gets smart and they start reducing the amount of LeGarrette Blunt, that's going to increase the output for Matthew Stafford as well. Dak attack. Uh, let's go to the other side. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, Elliott and show, no one else. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott and Ezekiel Elliott and. I agree. I mean, usually this Let's is talk a, about this team literally for like two minutes. Usually this is a good spot to good line way. up a you know tight end against the Detroit Lions, but you know just fourteen point eight percent of receptions have been by uh, tight ends for the Cowboys. They don't have one guy they're seemingly using three at all times. So it's just a bad mix. And then you look at the wide receivers. uh, Darius Slay is a lockdown guy, and there's no clear wide receiver there uh, to even target in terms of massive volume of targets. So that's a fade. So the only way you could play Dak Prescott is if you think he's going to be a very effective runner. And I just don't know if I see that. And... One thing that Dallas is doing so far this season is sort of going with a shotgun-heavy approach. And it's been good for Ezekiel Elliott at times, but Ezekiel Elliott is still a better uh, under-center runner than he is a you know shotgun runner. If you look at what they're doing on the season, uh, basically the Dallas Cup Cowboys have 33 rushes, um, from under center for 181 yards, 5.5 yards a clip, one of the best numbers in the league. And then at shotgun, they've got 217 rushes for 34 yards. But that's where Dak Prescott's numbers are inflated a little bit. So, you know, then you look at what they're doing as passers. They're going a lot of... Shotgun. When there's passing situations, it's pretty clearly always shotgun, and they're not running play action. And I don't think they're running play action nearly enough for having the threat of Ezekiel Elliott back there in the backfield. Do you, what are your thoughts on just like how much the fan base of Dallas seems to hate Dak? Is it warranted? I mean, over the last 16 games to 24 games, he's not the same guy he was the first year, um, but. The weapons around him are not the same either. <laughs> I mean, are they are they are they the, the worst in the league? 
Are they worse than the Buffalo Bills? Uh, no. outs- outside of like if Maybe. are they better than more than uh, than oh. more than five teams? No, <laughs> no. Yeah, they're they're bottom five weapons. Yeah, uh, Dak's a guy who's got to be a complimentary player to something else. Here's the worst part: even if Dez was still on the team, they'd still be a bottom twenty three. Bottom, uh, it'd be a, bottom eight. Bottom eight. Yeah, right. bottom you're, not, you're not moving that much higher we on the needle with that. So we saw what Dez was doing the last couple of years, and it wasn't that. It wasn't needle moving. Uh, even with Elliott, obviously he's the only guy that I agree with you that you're starting this week. But he's got to clean up his game a bit. Watching that game the other day, um, you know, drop dropping a pa- an important pass. Um, to get get a first down on third down, they got a punt. Uh, that touchdown that he stepped out of bounds on, um, you know, he, were, he, needs he was, to really out, he was out of bounds and then came back in. Yeah. He fumbled the ball in the red red zone. Um, just it's not good. And like you said, he does a lot of. Um, they're doing a lot of shotgun. His his passing protection didn't look that great either. So Ezekiel, you're obviously starting him. He's putting up some nice numbers, but he's got to fig- he's got to kind of clean up his act as well. Yeah, you know, it's, it's more of a, it's, he's just more of a, of, of a product of the fact that there's nobody else nobody to else. give the ball to that you can trust. Dak Prescott passing numbers this season. As high as 170 yards passing. <laughs> so he threw for 168 was, last week, so that means he's eerily consistently bad. 160, 168, and 170. So, not Baker good. Mayfield had that on the second drive. Patrick <laughs> Mahomes had that in the first quarter of his first game. <laughs> hadn't happened. I think the Buccaneers would have pulled that off. And I, I hear a lot of people saying that, 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 that Fitzmagic wasn't at fault. And there was, that was a high. He was throwing the ball high. He was sailing. He was sailing some balls. But there was so. pressure in his face. And that's an area where Ryan Fitzpatrick struggles. Like, yeah. You know where I don't struggle? That's having a bad What's the most inspiring thing I ever said to you? Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. Whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? And if they would, I do not do that thing. <laughs> I do it. What would an idiot do? What would an idiot do? So, word is, word on the street, and by street, I mean Twitter, is that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the starter this week. It's a short week. They've got to buy week five. So, if there's a time where you want to... You know, downplay a transition to Jameis Winston. It's during your bye week where all the news can die down, uh, and then you can go with them. But but wouldn't it also? How can you, in your right conscience, even though you lost this week, and I know how bad he looked, you have a quarterback that has thrown three four hundred yard games to start the season. Yardages you know, and everything. I know their fan base loves him too. That how does also it does that? also tie. The record for most 400-yard passing games thrown in the season, which I think Ben Roethlisberger and Peyton Manning share. Yeah. So he's number one QB in fantasy football right the now. The offense got more the offense, Mahomes. the offense moves under him. So you know, and at this point, again, I agree with you. There's no reason that you would make this switch now. And again, if you really are a Jameis Winston guy and you want to say, 
hey, I, I want, I, I need that more of that failure in order to get it. Well, playing on the road in Chicago against a defense that's been playing as good as they have with Khalil Mack, maybe that's this is your opportunity, or maybe it makes it easier for their their organization at the top to say, if he plays well against this defense, we're going with Fitzpatrick. If he plays horrible, it gives them a reason to say we're going to go back to Winston. Yeah, no question about yeah. it. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of those points, but everybody's talking up Fitzpatrick like he's doing it all on his own. But we've also got to remember there was a you know coordinator play caller change this off season, and the you know attitude of uh, Munkin has been I don't really care about three yard games. I like explosive plays. Jameis Winston's a guy who's put up a lot of explosive plays in his career. So we've never seen that combo together. So how good could those guys be, you know, the play calling that we're seeing this year with Jameis Winston? That's something if you're a Jameis Winston owner, you have to be excited about because they don't, they're going YOLO and I don't give a fuck about a run game. No, uh, I agree, but until the fear of, is he going to get on the field? Do you think, let's say, let's say Fitzpatrick... Does not have a 400 game. Does okay. Winner winner lose. What are your thoughts? Are are they going to after that bye week? You think it's a Fitz Magic party moving forward, or do you think they're going back to James? I think it's got to be. You got to give James a shot here because you he's the number one overall pick that you built your franchise around. So unless you were going to cut him this off season, mm-hmm. which you had an opportunity to do, you know you could use a. You know, contract detrimentals of the team probably end up not paying him anything uh, on his contract. Get out all your guaranteed money. You could have gotten out of everything. Why are you keeping this guy around if he's not the future of your franchise? We know who Ryan Fitzpatrick is because three games does not a season make. Three games does not a career make. Well, well, we also know that Fitzmagic is the greatest September quarterback that ever <laughs> took the field in September. That so. he is he has put up like the most ridiculous first month numbers. But let, let's I, I worry about that. I'm trying to think about this in terms of we've seen it happen in the reverse. This is the first time that we've seen it where the young quarterback who you have all the money invested in is on the bench and the old veteran quarterback, 35-year-old, is doing it, right? We saw Drew Bledsoe lose his job to Tom Brady because of performance. You know, it's not the first time in in any time in sports that performance dictates, and this is such a weird one where money in the NFL is so interesting, but also the NFL is so week-to-week and year-to-year that if you actually feel like right now where, where, where they are in their division that they maybe have a chance and it's with Fitzpatrick just because of the way other people are playing around him or maybe because maybe behind the scenes we don't know is Jameis really the leader or not and that's some other questions that have come under under, uh, under, yeah. under question there for him. It'll be so. an interesting little thing to see what happens over the next uh, coming weeks. But I like starting it, everyone in uh, uh, the, the yeah. receiver again for, uh, for for Tampa Bay right now. I mean, how Mike do you Evans not want to start? How do you not want to start Mike Evans? He's number two. Deshaun Jackson. He'd always get to get a couple shots every game. Uh, good. Godwin. Godwin looked kind of awful in a couple plays, fumble or whatever. But he also has got three TDs. Uh, through three weeks, and he's he's getting more targets, more catches, and more game than Deshaun Jackson. Um, he looked he looked a little bewildered a couple times last night, but you can tell that uh, Godwin's a, definitely a good uh, good player. 
OJ Howard is number two uh, tight end behind Kelsey right now. Yeah, uh, how quickly, you know, and Brake scored a touchdown this week, but yeah. Brake was, you know, for it's it's finally the, 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 the break of Brake has happened. OJ Howard is the better talent, and he's finally started to, to really seems like he understands what's going on more. I mean, think about it. I don't know if you have, like, what if you, you probably just know just from off the top of your head. It's like snap shares that he had in his rookie year, which was like he barely saw the field until now you actually you are seeing him out there on a lot more plays than you did before. Was he lead? No, I, I think right now, well, I don't know you weren't talking to me, but while Staggs is looking this up. Or AJ Howard has played. Um, oh, no, no, keep going. I'll, I'll go. So right now, um, Cook has the most yards at the tight end position because he had that one awesome game. First game right? And then, then it goes Kelsey, and then seven yards after Kelsey is a uh, Howard. Howard is on pace right now. He'll have a thousand yards this season if, if this uh, keeps up. So obviously, the targets are way down from what you're seeing on Kelsey. Um, he's got 11 catches on 14. He averages targets, 20 yards a catch. Yeah, that's the difference. He's there is that was the thing about him when he was coming out uh, out of Alabama. It was just look at the way that he's like a wide receiver that is like just a huge behemoth of a wide receiver well, with no amazing speed. Any, no one wants anything to do with him. Once he gets going down that sideline, you think any of these guys running are like I do not want that thigh knee going right into my shoulder pad. Like um, I'll try and push him out. He's like fuck off. I'm I'm a beast. And um, yeah, he's he's legit. Do you think? Uh, oh no, that was Vance. That was Vance McDonald. I wanted to make fun of Chris Conte. Um, go on. What do, you, what do you got there? Um, so you look at it. Nobody's talking about the efficiency of Mike Evans yeah. because everybody's talking about you know, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, thirty-eight of forty. But what? What's uh, Mike Evans? Twenty-three for thirty. So he's catching 70% of his targets right now. Um, he's getting deep down the field. They're targeting him in the red zone. So if you drafted Mike Evans on that bounce back season, hope it's happening. Yeah, and everyone faded on him. So again, these are the teams that are probably winning your fantasy league. So these guys that like, oh, gotta wait on this guy, or the, or the people who are like, oh, I don't, I don't believe in Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh shit. <laughs> got no shares of either of those guys. God damn it! I'm not winning the league this year. So my my average is, is averaging you know 16 yards of catch. He's already got three touchdowns in, in his 2015 season. He had just three touchdowns. So he's had those up and down touchdown seasons, mm-hmm. and this was that even number year where it, it looked like a bounce back. But you talk about Ryan Patrick being the one of the better September quarterbacks around. He's got a career record of 16 and 10 in September, which is very surprising. The rest of the months, not as good. Um, well, let, let me let me let me let me bring it down to this game for the, against the Bears. Yeah, right? let's let's quick let's quickly wrap up. I'll just give my quick opinion. No, all, they're all the guys. number one offense in football. We have time for the Bucks. All right. Yeah, we did we, we did breeze through I a hate, bunch. Hey, we did breeze through like the Jets and Jags oh, and some good. of these other games that oh, we can we're we doing can good. absolutely we're do this. Doing I think Mike Evans is going to see another healthy amount of targets. He's going to be one of those workman-like games. I think he probably gets to the 100 yards, but it could be with like 14, 15 targets, and it's going to be, you know, and he might find the end zone. You're obviously starting Mike Evans. I'm I'm obviously, as I've talked about O.J. Howard, I'm starting O.J. Howard because, again, especially with the potential of him going up against Roquan Smith and potentially to have, you know, again, where one guy is just a little bit more seasoned at this point in time. And look, I was at the game... 
who the hell was supposed to be cutting? Can you guys tell me because I wasn't watching on the TV? What did they say? How did Ricky Seals Jones get that goddamn open against the Bears defense uh, with nobody around him for like 15 yards? There had to be a linebacker that just missed an assignment there. Two guys, two guys went off, uh, went on with uh, I don't know if it was Fitz or Kirk, um, but the two two guys went on with the uh, wide receiver cutting across the middle, and one guy thought he, the other dude had him along the side, and the other guy didn't, and another one came up, and it was just open city, and it was I almost uh, I almost thought that uh, he might drop that pass. It was too, one of those ones are so open that they're just oh. like <laughs> the ball. Can't that was get two in your mile end zone because we were sitting in the corner of that end zone. The ball was up, I'm just like, when I turned it up, I'm just like, I just put my hands on my head. As soon as the ball was in the air, I'm like, oh, my God. But <laughs> the Deshaun Jackson. Well, I, can I ask you one second? Yeah. One question while we're on this, and we could talk about this when the car, we're talking about the Cardinals. But do you like the stadium? Is that is it a cool place? Is it like, what do you, because you go to some stadiums and you've been at, the, oh, you've been at a lot of stadiums. This is like the new modern donut. Like, the one thing that I, I didn't get a chance to do is, is it was 100 degrees and we were in our, uh, tailgate and I had uh, the tent and so I was staying out of the sun uh, f- frail little me because I could have walked a quarter of a, or a, a mile and a half around back and then come back to see the, see tracks, yeah, the tracks where, they, where, the, where, the, where yeah. the field comes in that's probably the only thing that's cool about it literally it's like this, this silver like egg thing that's just sitting there it just says State Farm on it you walk in the whole concourse is the same all the way around. So there's like uh, nothing that's unique about it, nothing yeah, that really like jumped out at you. Now, sight lines and everything are great and, and whatever, and it was great to have air conditioning inside. It's not Phoenix uh, University anymore, State No, it's State Farm now. Wow. That was hilarious. I posted a, a post on Facebook because after the, the game, we're walking through the, uh, the the concourse and everyone's cheering, let's go, Bears, and I'm recording it. And I posted a, the video and I said, whose stadium is this? And my mom's friend, uh, Flo, she like, uh, she, she, she lives, or her kids live out there. She's like, oh, it used to be called University Stadium and uh, Phoenix Stadium. Now it's called State Farm Stadium. I'm like, no, it's the Bears Stadium. <laughs> oh, nice. Are you playing those other two wide receivers? I'm playing Deshaun Jackson. What about, I mean, God, God the thing the, that pisses me off with the Bucks. Is they are still using way too much Adam Humphreys mm-hmm. and targeting Adam Humphreys way too damn much. Because we've seen the talents of Chris Godwin. He is undoubtedly like the future number yeah. two wide receiver on that team and should already be there. Um, we know Deshaun Jackson is a great player and one of the best vertical threats in the league. Yeah. And when you're gonna continue to you know take these deep shots, he's gotta be on the field. But Adam Humphreys, get him out of here. I'll tell you what, though. I'm definitely starting Deshaun Jackson. And actually, the more I think about it, I probably would start Godwin, too, just because of the fact that I don't think that the the Buccaneers are going to be able to run the ball against the Bears. So you're going to be forced to throw it all a goddamn day. So at that point, yeah, I'll take my chances, and, and I'll start all three with the tight end. Okay. So that means you're starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. I would. I mean, I don't know. Look. I know that you're going to have, here's what you're going to figure about him. Depends on who you have as your other, but because okay. here's what I'm going to figure with Fitzpatrick. He's going to get sacked four times. He's probably going to have an interception and he might have a fumble. But if he throws three touchdowns, but again, it's on the road, I just don't know. How do you, the Bears defense is awesome. I love them. I love what we're seeing here. But 
Right now, your start, if you've got Fitzpatrick on your team, I don't know how you start him. I don't know how you start that guy. I know. It's just like, I'd rather start him and be burned by him. Like, ah, I can't back down. Or here. What you thought was happening in the first half of the last Let's game? Let's do the exercise. Okay, so this week, last Tom time. Brady, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, Fitzpatrick. Tom, uh, Fitzpatrick for uh, Russell Wilson. Oh my God, that's not even close. That's Fitzpatrick by a mile. Okay, so but but these are all guys who. Now guys like how about no. Aaron Rodgers? I mean, I'm going Fitzpatrick. So, <laughs> so there, there you go. There's, like, there's few. There's like base, Mahomes. No, of course Mahomes. Mahomes he's Kirk, Cous- Kirk Cousins, maybe. I mean, just because he just had that insane game. And he's going to play. Start Aaron Rodgers over Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know he's injured. So. <laughs> Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Kirk Cousins makes it more interesting. Kirk Cousins on the short week in, on the road in, in L.A. against the Rams or Fitzpatrick. And, and just so you know, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins burned the fuck out of me this week. Well, I think I told you. I had, I had uh, Matt Ryan on the bench. <laughs> 61, lost that game. Um, okay, let's go and Bears. talk Bears offense. Trubisky, Stagbury, I would love to hear about your thoughts oh. on Mahomes. Oh being, God! Being Trubisky being taken over Mahomes, um, we don't need to do that. We'll hear that over the course of our lives uh, on the show, and reasonably so. Trubisky, is he going to turn this around this season, this game, or is he just only good when he pulls it in and starts running? I can just take a shot if you want, unless you want to go first. But either I, one, Mitchell Trubisky is only an athlete right now and is a quarterback work in progress that's going to take multiple years and we are required to grade him on a curve because he only started 12 games but no other quarterback in his draft or this draft has to be graded on a curve but only Mitchell Trubisky so stupid I agree it's here's the fact of the matter thank god they got Khalil Mack because without Khalil Mack the Bears are nothing and they're going to be, they would be an average team. They'd be, they'd be 1 and 2, if not 0 oh and 3 at this point in time, if it were not for him and what he's done for that defense. So, Trubisky, he, he's efficient. And, and now, maybe, and here, if I want to be an apologist for him, I'll say this. Uh, he got stunted in his growth by the fact that he, he had John Fox as his uh, head coach and, and the, 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 the staff that they had around him. And basically, you have Nagy coming in here and having to basically remold a guy from, from the ground up. And it will take him, as you said, you know, a year or at least going to be about more of five or six games this year before we really start seeing any of the progress in him. But again, why, are we, why is he the only one that gets graded out of curve? He's not performing. He's making overthrows. He's making some dumb plays. Uh, it's efficient, but they're also not really expanding the offense into the situation where you're seeing what Mahomes is doing with the same offense. So that's... Concerning, especially because look, you have talent all around you. You have, they spent all the money in the offseason to bring in the Allen Robinson, to bring in the Taylor Gabriel to give you that extra speed. You have Tariq Cohen who was there, you have Jordan Howard who was there. Uh, you, you, you signed Trey Burton, you brought this extra element, and where has that part of the offense been? It's just been non existent. Yeah, what do yeah. you got? <laughs> No, I'm good on Trubisky. I'm not starting him. Um, I don't think he's even in play until we see much more from this offense. Um, you know, we we'll start talking about the wide receivers. Who would you start? You start Allen Robinson. You yeah. start Jordan Howard, and that's it. 
Yeah, Tariq Cohen has become completely fadeable. Trey, uh, Trey Burton, is, he's borderline, but again, where you probably drafted him, you probably drafted him as the fourth or fifth tight end, and in which case... Yeah, most people drafted him as tight end 10. I don't know. A lot, I mean, he was like a six-rounder. We're in Chicago League. Okay, that's true. Uh, that's true. That's, we that's have true. Okay. That's true. That but I would say, if, if, if for anyone that drafted him there, they're screwed because you have to play him. Um, if you drafted him as tight end ten, then you hopefully drafted somebody right behind him. You know, maybe you got they could, they can go to an Eric Ebron who's going to get. <laughs> they the got a double down on Jordan Howard. He's a playmaker. He's 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 just a solid solid back. He's proven that his off season work of being able to catch the ball has paid off. Um, let's do this. Come on, let's move on from the Bears. Uh, quick question: Anthony Miller uh, has a what? Just dislocated, dislocated shoulder. That didn't look good. Um, I think. Clicky <laughs> <laughs> clicky. Uh, you know, uh, we got any more to say on this game? Otherwise, we're gonna. We, we gotta pay. Our, we gotta pay the bills too. There you go. Let's do it right now. Before we get to the next game, have a listen to this. Okay, uh, we got the Bengals. This is the last game of the earlies. Bengals at the Falcons. I know what's gonna happen. After evaluating millions of pieces of data in the plaintiff's eye, the Gambletron 2000 says the runner is Cincinnati by 200 points. Bye, you worthless hunter. Professor Freak. <laughs> what about shows that time? The Simpsons. Simpsons, okay, that's it. The uh, Gambletron 2000 is kind of like 200 points. <laughs> uh, I posted something today. Don't win friends with salad. Uh, saw this hilarious picture on giving out little salad packets for Halloween. And I was just like, ah, you never win friends with oh, salad. That's a, that's, a good, that's, a good, that's a good way to go with it. And then I found online a 10-minute loop of you don't win friends with salad. <laughs> Where someone was, it literally looped the thing, so it did like that. And I went, I went through it for about 30 minutes. I mean, 30 minutes. minutes. Three I minutes. watched it three, three times. Minutes. Three minutes. Yeah, three minutes. And I was like, oh my God, I can't go any further. But I was like, I tried to see how long I could do it. And I, in, in the tweet, I was like, see if you can go all 10 minutes. All right, let's go to the Bengals. AJ Green banged up. Is he going to go this week? It's a long term injury. Ah, I don't know. So good. When they when they said it, uh, you know, a lot of people didn't think it was anything major. Um, so I think he's going to be back out there. Um, but if he's not, it's a big impact. It's it's a groin injury, but you know, nothing major in terms of a, a pop. Didn't he have the groin though? Was that last year or the year before he also had a groin injury? I think he might have had a quad. It was a quad. It was some sort of a muscle injury. I know right. it was like last quad year. Or, or but I thought he had a groin that like was a year or two ago that kept him off about two games. It was just it was shorter than he then he got a, a bet a worse injury after that. I think it was maybe last year. Yeah, um, so the thing is, like if he plays, this is a pretty good spot uh, for the Bengals offense. But this might be a spot for Gio Bernard to really go off as a receiver. 14 catches by Christian McCaffrey. 15 catches by Alvin Kamara. You've got no Deion Jones, uh, no Keanu Neal, no Ricardo Allen uh, out of the you know, defensive backfield and linebacking cores. They're beat up. 
they, they've got some good cornerbacks still, but you know that's more of a worry for guys like Tyler Boyd uh, and, and John Ross, who's on the outside looking in. Right now, I think you're rolling Tyler Boyd. If he gets elevated to the number one receiver, I think it might actually be a little worse for him. It hurts him, it does. Um, but A.J. Green, I think you're still rolling him out there because they're using him in the slot and in the red zone where he can get away from Desmond Trufant and get good matchups, and they're running deep crossers for him in the red zone. So the play calling's been better. You know, Andy, Luck, uh, Andy <laughs> Dalton's been throwing. That know, cross, that's what that route's called, that crosser. He should have had a touch. A.J., before he got hurt, had a, he caught the thing, stumbled a little bit on his feet, then landed on his that knee. That might have been where he it, it might, I think that was the first little part of, of the injury. And then you guy. come back out and you're and that was so yeah. on A.J. Green. Like, yeah. he, he was just like, it was in his hands and then, like, stumbled and lost his, like, but that crosser out in the red zone, if he, it just looks like money. Is this the, the curse for them this year? Because Joe Mixon also injures himself earlier in, in the game and came back out and, like, you know, and then played oh, again. Yeah. Went back to the thing and came. He's got. He's got for another three weeks, two, two three weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. probably a month. Cut. Cool. So you know, the benefit for him was they had that Thursday night game. So the early onset is that he yeah. could be back not this week but the week after. Anticipate him to probably miss the next two and then be back. I read that. Or I read that he's already working out and like he's like he can't play, but he's already like he, he's not like out and. At, it was. It wasn't. Not a, laying, it laying wasn't up. a major injury. That's why it was like yeah. you know it's a minor knee scope. So okay, boy, hopefully he's young and he's able to really bounce back quick. Now Come you on. had to carry the weight for me on the um, on, on the waiver wire uh, piece, which, so, which is only about three fourths the way done. I'm gonna get it done. It's not done yet. <laughs> it's not done yet. No, I apologize, dude. Because Tyler Boyd has been on there since the beginning, and Tyler Boyd. Wow, was he? Is he in the fourth year now? Yeah. And yeah. I drafted him when he was a rookie in my 16 team league coming out, and it's like, God, that sucked. He didn't do anything. Then second year, didn't do anything. Third year, wow, just, he's one of these late bloomers that kind of picked it up, kind of like Michael Crabtree, but Michael Crabtree came with a lot more fanfare than, yes. than Tyler Boyd. Well, he was a second rounder, Boyd. Right, but it was, but it wasn't because it, they already had AJ Green, so it wasn't as much fanfare. It was like the hope to they've been keeping drafting these guys like him and John Ross, trying to put the piece next to AJ Green. He get arrested last year. This is an awful yeah. season yeah. last year. And I remember on one of Pyro Light's uh, Mo shows with David T, he loves this boy guy. Like he was just going crazy. He's like this boy guy is so good. He's You're like, the type of guy work hard. Yeah, he's good. This guy's he's, good because he, he he hasn't dominated since he came in. But my other point is this, uh, real quick, and I'll let Stags you, you take over after this. If AJ Green is down, I agree. It, it's not as good for Boyd, although it's still good. This Boyd's going to get the targets. The guy who has been benefiting right now, and especially with Joe Mixon out, and now that he's finally it seems to be healthier and playing a lot more than he was in the first second game, Tyler Eifert. I still think Tyler Eifert's a guy. If you're struggling at the tight end position, he's on the waiver wire. It's amazing that, that he is. It, that's a guy you got to spend a pickup on because the tight end position being what it is this season. Eifert going forward to his increasing snap share week to week. They're going to need him more and more. Um, and especially if Boyd ends up being the number one, I, I do like Eifert a little bit more. He'd probably be my preferred play mixed in with Gio Bernard, who, who's likely to catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. And he, he handled a ton of the RB touches, like a ton being 100%. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that's something you want. Um, and, and you just continue to ride that guy until Joe Mixon gets back. Um, Boyd, though, is averaging 16.6 yards a catch. 
And he's more of a possession receiver. He is. Yeah. So expect that number to fall back to earth a little bit. Well, here. I couldn't believe when I saw he went six catches for 132 yards last week. I'm like, because I'm in the stadium and I'm just like going through, like, you know, pulling up on my phone at halftime looking at his dad. I'm like, what the holy hell? I just like the connection and the rapport that he's got with Dalton right now. It it, looks but like it is it four years with him. Fluid. Yeah. Well, there it is. Michael said. We must deceive them so as not to hurt them. And in that way, we honor them. It might only be his third year, Yeah, this is no, his third year. Is it? Yeah, no. third year. Feels like a it, fourth year. Like, all right, opener, and then you get a shitty second, and then, yeah, it's third year. But here's the other thing, too. If you're looking at a, 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 another guy who's been on my waiver wire since the beginning, Andy Dalton not getting any of the respect. Now, granted, threw four interceptions last week, but he threw for 350 yards yeah. and two touchdowns. Um, and understand this with Andy Dalton, once Mixon comes back in, that's why he's starting to look better. You know, when they actually have a viable running game, when they had uh, Giovanni Bernard with Jeremy Hill in his first year when he was really cooking and, and, and moving, Dalton was great. Dalton, was, wasn't that the year that he was the top four quarterback? Yeah, he was, he was, he was right there. Also, I think with Bill Lazar, uh, next uh, second year, that was a big thing where last year was a new one, and their offensive lines become better. Laser. La- <laughs> Lazar, laser, um, major laser. Let's I, did, I, did the, I did the air quote, laser beam. <laughs> one billion. Uh, let's go on to um, the other side. We good? Let's go to the Falcons. Uh, obviously, Matty Ryan coming off a great game. I, I think at this point you, you, you're locking him in. But the surprise was Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley comes out three touchdowns, lighting it up. I mean, by halftime, he had already scored you. He had already done a lot to probably win you the week. Um, well, it was a 75-year touchdown, right? And the like, truth is, the only reason why he starts or might start in any league I'm in is because I do those rookie leagues. He wasn't played essentially by anyone unless you were in uh, considering no basketball or 16-team <laughs> leagues. But can't imagine someone having that guy in for those points. Uh, what do you guys uh, let Stag Party kind of start it off, and then me and Deanie can kind of fill in from there. What do you What do you see with Calvin? Is this Legit, I mean, people are just saying his breaks and his moves, and he's going to be able to keep getting it done because he's just got that. Uh, he's just he's just got that quick. I mean, he entered. He entered a great spot, right? Like you have Julio to take attention off you. You don't have to be a number one. You could be a pristine routes runner who can stretch the field a little bit. Uh, they needed a field stretcher after losing Taylor Gabriel and his number of targets. The targets were there. Um, and he's really sort of stepping up over Mohamed Sanu. He's becoming that number two wide receiver, and Sanu's just playing a complimentary piece again. Um, so as long as he continues to play more snaps, and we saw the week before that they used him in an isolation uh, with Julio on the other side that leaves him one-on-one on a corner in the red zone, and that allows for him to just work as a route runner, and when he gets a release, uh, the guy's good. So, you know, I didn't love the prospect for the thought of being the number one wide receiver in the NFL, but when you have Julio Jones across from you, you don't have to be that. And, you know, with this offense um, needing that secondary playmaker in a guy who can do it in both space and as a vertical stretch, 
Uh, it's working great. It fits perfectly in the offense. It's exactly what they needed. You know, Matt Ryan's been able to find them, and you know, Ryan looks like a good play yet again um, here in this one. They're, you know, going against the Bengals, they're not the toughest defense, uh, but they they they've got some pieces. And Vontez Burbick is still not back yet, so yeah. they'll get better, but it's not there yet. But the other thing too, here's the other reason why you really gotta like Calvin Ridley, and you gotta like him right now until. Devonta Freeman comes back because especially without Devonta Freeman there, that is probably about like seven or eight uh, targets per game that is now, they're not going to Tevin Coleman. They're getting dispersed throughout the rest of the, the, the receivers and such. And again, if you're able to be the guy who's going to be able to bust it out and make the big plays, look, Manny Ice always likes to take the shots. Holy hyperball, Houdini. Seven or eight targets? Who? No. I, I was, For Devonta, in some, Devonta Freeman? Well, <laughs> Coleman, how many running back targets do you get per game? Coleman had two last week. Yeah. Uh, they've been at five or six. They've been not throwing the ball to the running backs much. Well, what did they do last year? I mean, I mean, Not much. Freeman's a guy that normally gets about 54 catches per year. It's been trending the other way under Sark. Right. That's the problem. <laughs> this is well, they've always this been hampered by their, by their offensive coordinator since Kyle Shanahan left. <laughs> I'm not going to – I hate to do uh, – Talented uh, Mr. Roto uh, tweets, but Calvin Ridley now has a TD in consecutive regular season games, something Julio Jones hasn't done since week one and two of the 2016 season. Yeah. Good. God. That's just incredible. Um, is that bothering you? It's getting hot. It's hot? <laughs> flip it around. No, I'm good. Let's keep it rolling. I'll flip it. Um, we've got, uh, I mean, without Devonta Freeman and I don't think he's likely to be back this week. I think you got to keep rolling, keep rolling, Tevin Coleman. Uh, he's getting such a big, you know, snap share. He's getting nearly all the work. Uh, they are mixing in Edo Smith from time to time, but right now, Tevin Coleman's the number fifteen running back in standard scoring. Um, you know, last week, fifteen carries. He didn't really turn it into much, but he did catch a receiving touchdown. Uh, and you know he's got double-digit fantasy points in standard leagues every single week. So just keep trotting that guy out there as your RB two until Devonta Freeman comes back. When's that going to be? It could be anywhere. It could be this week, but more likely another week or two. So um, you know, keep trotting him out. I do think you know uh, the running back against Cincinnati is a little bit better. Uh, of a matchup than what he saw last week against New Orleans. New Orleans proven to be a pretty stingy rundy, but they will absolutely get torched by opposing wide receivers. <laughs> Should we move on to the next game? Let's yeah. Do it. Before game. we do so, let's have a word from our sponsors. Early game, or first of the late game, Seahawks at the Cardinals. Wah, wah, two very disappointing teams. Wah, 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 crazy, wah, 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 right? Agree. The uh, the NFC West. Well, is, uh, let me make a point here. Think about this. We we were just talking about Atlanta, right? And I, I was going to wait, and, uh, but I, I can't because the Panthers are not playing this week, and I'm not waiting until the Saints to bring this up. The NFC South. 
you talk about fantasy production from the players just because of the games that they played like where the, how many games of the twice now that the Saints have given up over 40 points and scored the ridiculous points that, that what what Fitzpatrick and the uh, and the, uh, um, the the Buccaneers are doing and Matt Ryan throwing the five touchdowns and 354 yards and, and and all the offense that they're getting there and then you go to the NFC uh, West and you and you are and you got the Arizona Seattle Rams and you want to you want to acquire players in the NFC South yes especially when that's they my have, point <laughs> they have these division games coming up think about how bad the Bucks defense is think about how bad the Saints defense is think about how banged up the Atlanta Falcons defense is Carolina is the only one that trots out a defense that brings a little bit of disdain. But, you know, if you're acquiring a guy like a Devin Funchess on a bye week or a Christian McCaffrey from the Panthers, think about all those matchups that these guys have going forward to be excited for because there's not many division opponents that you're going to sit these guys against. Uh, And and then you look at their schedule outside of the division. It doesn't look like anything you have to be too fearful of. Yeah. One thing I will say, you, you you talking about the Panthers not playing this week. We didn't mention the Oh, list. we did not mention the we bye week. We didn't mention the bye week, so I apologize. Panthers, Redskins are the two teams. There's uh there's fifteen games this week. I was wondering why it felt a little quick while we were going through there, but there's only one one uh, last matchup. Uh, but yeah, so the Redskins not playing this week, and the Panthers. Make sure you bench the players from those teams accordingly. But then think about think about conversely. It's like you know, other than the, the offensive players from the Rams, are there any? Real offensive players that you want. Like this is one of those things that's like I had the second round pick in, in my in my league this year. I, I took David Johnson, and you know he's he's not been horrible, but at the same time he's not been a number one, number two overall pick. Um, you know I'm, I'm thankful to be two and one, but I just I'm, I'm looking at it and going, man, if I had just that's where Kamara in that damn division. That's why he's just going to keep putting up those numbers that he is. And I never wanted to downplay, but again, we haven't seen Mark, Mark, uh, Ingram yeah. come back yet, so that things are going to change. Is that, but is that this week or next week? Uh, he's got one more. Uh, he's, got, he's out oh, this week yeah, and then yeah. he comes back. But but when I look at this at this division where we're talking about Seattle and the Cardinals um, and with the Rams and uh, who's the who's the fourth team that I'm forgetting? 49ers. 49ers. It's not it's just not a lot of especially with Christian McCaffrey. Or especially with Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo yeah. going down, it, it's a lot. It's different. Yeah, yeah. All, all the, the only team in, in that division right now that's it's Rams. It's Rams. So, and that becomes this is what kind of that division has been over the years. It's a one-team runaway. With everybody else's kind of whatever, whether it was San Francisco for the time when they were when they were dominating the division, Arizona dominated it for a short period of time. Yeah. Then Seattle had it for a while, but uh, you know, at one point you had Seattle and, and Arizona. That was or, yeah, yeah, and, and was Arizona, nice. yeah, those were the two that challenged. But it was just always one and the rest or the other rest. All right, well, let's talk about the what's, what's going to happen here for Russell year. Wilson. Give me some good news for Russell Wilson because he's I, not going to have Doug Baldwin again. I don't really have any good news for Russell Wilson. <laughs> uh, I mean, the things you can look at is, you know, the success of the first two offenses that took on the Cardinals this season. They sort of been able to do whatever they want. Uh, Jordan Howard did have some success. So Chris Carson, you know, is in RB2 range this week. A lot of uh, Flex range, especially after a lot of work last week. Um 
But, you know, Tyler Lockett's been stepping in and providing good fantasy points. He's currently the number 14 wide receiver in standard scoring. He's been making some big plays, been a guy uh, who's been finding the red zone or finding the end zone. So it's hard to dislike him. Let's or he might even he's be higher. Tyler Lockett's he's 11. eleven. That's crazy. He's got twelve. Of, he's got three touchdowns, averaging sixteen point three yards catch. Has a catch uh, touchdown catch every uh, week of the year so far. Uh, going up against. Uh, do you put Patrick Peterson on Tyler Lockett? But here's my, here, no, but here's my concern is uh, was because again I didn't. Get, I was at the the the, the late afternoon yeah. game, so I didn't get to see these games. Um, I, I just briefly kind of watched the rewind, but. I didn't see this rewind. And Russell Wilson attempts 26 passes, but they gave the ball 32 times to Chris Carson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Carson so was, a work, was a workhorse this week. Well, and that's the other thing, too. So it's like, is, uh, is this all an effort? Because I, I noticed, too, uh, finally, uh, Russell Wilson was not sacked more than five times in a game. <laughs> is that the reason? Is, it, is this really what, what they're resounding to? That... Because he didn't even run for any yards, he, he had no. uh, it was a two rushes for negative one yard. So I'm I'm, an, I'm a Russell Wilson owner in the same league that I have damn David Johnson. How am I two and one? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> uh, what the hell, you know? What can you count on? If you can't count on the rushing yards for him, where are you going to get any points? Yeah, and the, and the Carson, all those carries. I mean, he's he's a, one of the leaders of. Uh, can he handle that load? No, we can. I think we can, but it's not like the, none of these runs look great. It's a lot of running into the back of uh, offensive linemen. It's a lot of like really brought back in the down in the backfield. So it's a I, bad think we, I think we line. can keep this one pretty simple and say lock it. I don't think even at this point. I think Russell Wilson. What I think we mentioned he was like 19th or something, 18th at, at quarterback. Um, maybe this is a matchup you like him, but. Disley, maybe, and Lockett in my book, and I, I guess also Carson because he's getting that workload. But that's all. That's all I'm looking for on this team. Well, let's talk about this too because if you're looking at it, you know Carson is getting it right now, but there are people, you know, everyone who drafted Rashad Penny has dropped him by this point in time, right? So he's got it out there. So like, you know, pretty much for the most part. So if you're looking at this, here's where I'm coming at this from a waiver wire type of a thing. If you're in a situation where you're undefeated. And you know your you know, things are looking good, and you want to take a, an early flyer on a guy, grab him while he's down right now because you may have to wait five seven weeks in order for it to happen. But once Seattle is finally out of it, what do they really have invested in Chris Carson compared to what they have invested in Rashad Penny? And if it doesn't matter, and the Rams have run away with the damn division, and you don't really have a chance, you're sitting there maybe at like you know uh, at like two and five. He's going to get a lot more looks at that point. And like you say, Chris Carson, can he handle that? No. He's not a 32 no. carry. Uh, how many guys uh, can? Yeah, how many guys can? He certainly can't. So um, if they keep this up, uh, my guess, I'm never trying to you know project injury on anybody, but my guess is just from his college years, the reason why he slipped down in what seventh round, what we saw last year, he was like the one year ago to right now, Chris Carson was like, Oh my God, we got a gem. And then all of a sudden, he's got done for the year. You know, they had that same thing happen. Oh my God, Thomas Rawls, we got a gem. Oh, he broke his leg, and he's down for the year. One who we never got <laughs> Wait, a gem CJ Procise, he had a week and a half. Oh. He's gone. I saw, I, I was sitting uh, watching the Colts game on uh, on Sunday, and I saw a guy behind the shoulder, uh, the coach of uh, 
Coach Wright's shoulder. I'm like, how do I know that? I'm like, Christine Michael. Oh, yeah. Is this guy still in the freak? He never even was good, but yet still is an NFL player. And he has a reason to say, well, birthday. All right, let's go to the cart. It's a nice tux. I know. It belonged to my grandfather. He was buried in it, so family heirloom. Oh boy. oh boy! The minute he said it belonged to my grandfather, I, I, didn't, I didn't watch that show. Buried in it, but I, I, was <laughs> and like, I'm I was like, something crazy is gonna happen right here. Like buried in it. Um, all right, let's go to the Cardinals. Let's breeze through this one. Um, Josh Rosen got the starting nod. Did not look great in his mop-up work um, on Sunday. Uh, I, 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 you do know I, I like I erased so many uh, of my. Re- I recorded like I'm like oh Josh Rosen's in, so I like post on Facebook Josh Rosen's first snap, uh, Josh Rosen's first sack, <laughs> yeah, Josh Rosen's first pick six, <laughs> right? Josh, except for uh, a BS call offsides call, yeah, yeah. Josh Rosen, yeah, he. No, nah, dude was offsides. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But also, the dude. <laughs> no, I know. I, it was BS because I, I had actually recorded a defensive touchdown on my phone, and that never happens when I'm at a game. It was yeah. BS for me because I have Bears defense. I do too. <laughs> um, what do you What do you think? Uh, is Fitzgerald's just going to get peppered with targets now because Rosen's just going to find a security blanket? Right now, you can't start Larry Fitzgerald. You don't think so? Is not. We've got to see it. Uh, after what's happened to this offense and how, so how slow hard. they've been through the first three games of the season and, and the number of plays they're running and you know everything besides David Johnson you're off of and maybe Ricky Seals-Jones if you're a little desperate. Um, but other than that, you've got to wait and see for Larry. Um, I think, but what about Christian Kirk? No. I mean, look, no, no, again, I'm going to play this, not, a, not for a play this week. I'm going to play this for, uh, again, the, the Rashad Penny type of a thing. If you want to foreshadow toward the future, again, Fitzgerald is obviously the best receiver there, but Christian Kirk is the second best receiver that they have. And he actually showed up very well against the Bears, caught seven passes for 90, for 90 yards. And, again, we don't know, and this is also what happens a lot of times with rookie quarterbacks. They come in, maybe he was working a lot more exclusively uh, with Christian Kirk being that they're both rookies, you know, they really have that little bit more chemistry together. And so he understands what his breaks are. Even though Larry Fitzgerald is the greatest wide receiver since Jerry Rice, he, he feels better communication and, uh, and uh, connection. Okay, with him. I see where you're at. So I wouldn't burn your waiver wire spot to pick up Christian Kirk. Oh, no, no. But before the week, if we've got an extra spot, I can see stashing in Christian Kirk. That's what I'm saying. You're one week too early pickup where you don't burn anything on him um, and you just let him do his thing. Right, you drop a LeGarrette Blunt to pick up a Christian Kirk because you know that, hey, the Blunt is, the blunt is going to be a Blunt. Uh, I'm going to be hitting my head like a Blunt idiot. God damn it, why did I keep Blunt and not pick up Kirk three weeks ago? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a p- uh, potential play. Um, looking at... You know, the rest of the guys, I think you're off all of them. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's in play. The you're, I mean, I guess if you're desperate for a flex, you could play Larry Fitzgerald. Well, you know what? Most guys that have Larry Fitzgerald, they, they, you know, they probably have had him in like seven years in a row. So they probably have honest, a hard time not playing him. Let me be honest, I have him in both my leagues. And you guys know how much I love this guy. I had him a lot over his career. I haven't had him in years. And I, he was available, and he was kind of a value, and uh, I'm regretting it. Just because I'm starting him though. 
We'll see. I might be desperate. Wait. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I might be that guy that's desperate. There you go. I, I, I definitely will in one league. Uh, probably won't have to in another. Um, all right, let's go on to the next game, and that is going to be the Baker Mayfield. Versus the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. He's <laughs> nice. a maker, a breaker, I and a title maker, like a little old lady who lived in a shoe. If cuts couldn't do this, what we do? DM, baker, DM, baker, DM Houdini. Yeah, yeah, run, run DMC. DM Houdini. Run DM Pipe Piper for you. I right like here. it, buddy. Um, his first professional start. He's going to be Baker Mayfield going, going to be in Oakland, playing the Raiders. They're 0-3. The Browns got their first victory last week. The Bud Light coolers were opening and flowing. Good for them. What happens here for the Browns? Right, listen, I, I want to tell you what. If you want to – you're not going to most likely in any league start Baker Mayfield at this point in time, but I would say there's a lot better chance for him to have success in this game than many other games. Two reasons. Number one, he got to be able to come in and play in the game on a Thursday night. So now he's had extra time to prepare as a starter for this game. The Raiders do not have Khalil Mack. What do they have, two sacks on the year? So here's an opportunity where he's going to actually have time back there to be able to, to maybe make decisions and also maybe run, use his legs a little bit. And so I think you're going to see a lot more success out of him in this one. I actually have a feeling because of the way that this Cleveland defense has been playing that this is a game that I think Cleveland should win. So, um, you know, I'm looking at it from even on the downside. I bet you Baker Mayfield is probably going to end up throwing for, I want to say like 275-ish. Is on, a, on a low end, and he couldn't go off for a, for a three thirty against this defense. I sort of agree. The only issue is Oakland. The only thing they seem to fucking care about is like time of possession. Mm-hmm. They are sucking plays uh, out of other teams. Like Miami ran thirty nine plays last week. Uh, they they're just not getting a lot of opportunities. So if you're looking at that, and, and you think maybe. Um, you know, Carlos Hyde's getting the ball 18, guy, 18 times a game, and then they're giving, you know, rush attempts to these other guys. How many opportunities are going to be there for Baker, even though they, they've been one of the faster-paced uh, teams through three weeks, but you've got to account for an overtime game in there, inflating that number slightly. But, you know, Baker should be able to have success against this secondary and, you know, the defense as a whole, because I agree with you that they are not very good at getting pressure. We've seen what they've given up to, you know, opposing quarterbacks over the last couple weeks. Ryan Tannehill sort of shredded them. Um, The only major, major issue is that sort of pace of play, because you look at the number of attempts they've faced, it's... Uh, the third lowest in the league through three, through three weeks. Um, but the efficiency should be there. But don't you think, though, think about this, though. Think about Cleveland's defense. I mean, because I really think that this is kind of, they, they're reminding me of where I saw Jacksonville about three years ago. But it was like, this is the defense that, look, they, they've invested so, they've had so many of these early draft picks that they put into this defense and now they're finally starting to, to come to fruition, you know. And you you have a better play at the corner now with Denzel Ward. You're you, you, you're getting some pressure at the middle. You got good play at the linebacker position. So you're you're actually really doing a good job at containing teams. So if the Raiders are really going to want to sit there and try to do that control game, I feel like it's going to be a little bit more difficult. I mean, look what they were able to do uh, to Pittsburgh. And that experienced offense, even though they allowed James Conner to go hog wild ballistic on him, they really contained everything else in that offense. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I'm just worried about overall. Yeah, I don't. That's it. Yep. So, uh, Philip Lindsay and Todd Gurley have both gone for over 100 yards against this Oakland team. They did stop the run against Frank Gore and Kenyon Drake last time, but they attempted just uh, 11 total rushes between them. So I like Carlos Hyde in this game, and especially if Baker's moving the ball up and down the field, Carlos Hyde's shown the ability to get in the end zone. Um, so I like Carlos Hyde as an RB2 this week. Uh, you look at Baker's weapons now because yeah. I think it makes them all better. Um, Here's my question. Especially, especially Landry. I got a question because this is my biggest concern. He's getting so I many mean, targets. I believe I Gallo. believe in what you're saying, and I've always been again, you know, the biggest Carlos Hyde hater of all time. But the goddamn target share that he got last week was insane. Nick Chubb only got two carries. You got only Duke Johnson two carries. Duke Johnson only got two targets in the passing game. So now Duke is the one that I'm more concerned about here, right? Because hey, look, I get it. If you're going to have that rookie quarterback out there, you're going to want to maybe have more of that experience with the Carlos Hyde and what he can bring for you. And as long as he's able to to, to be effective as the runner and I'm just worried is Duke Johnson kind of because it's the rookie right now being phased out a little bit more or where normally we would say hey this is the ultimate opportunity where he should get peppered with you know on the checkdowns the Alex Smith checkdowns all day long he's been shitty he was shitty with Tyrod so I think now that it's Baker I think the team knows they've underutilized him I think he's going to start getting some more play but at the end of the day I think there's a crowded backfield back there and I think Hyde looks amazing I don't think it's that crowded as much anymore. I think a height is kind of yeah, until I, if he doesn't I can again. See Duke getting traded. Ooh. No, because I don't see that because Nick Chubb is not at all what, Car- what Duke Johnson is. It's like yeah. Nick Chubb is essentially to replace Carlos Hyde more than he is to replace Duke Johnson. So True. I worry I worry more just for – I mean, Chubb is just not going to see the field right now for a while. I mean, that's, that's, that's first and foremost, especially if their exactly. defense keeps them in games and if Carlos Hyde is able to do – to be effective as that running back. Uh, and, again, if they're going to give him – 20 more carries in every other back. I, I the guy that I love the most is uh, Callaway. Callaway, right now, mm-hmm. if you can find a way to get that guy on your team, Baker loves him. He's electric as hell. I said on Friday night, we did an impromptu uh, podcast on Friday, me and me, Wheeler and um, um, Pyromaniac Mo. Fun times, uh, drinking some beers, still went three hours. The guy looks like Percy Harvin to me. He's just electric. He's fast as hell. He's got a thick enough body. I really think that some special things are going to happen with he's, Callaway. He's, he's more like we're talking about when we said earlier when we compared to the, the uh, uh, Will Fuller with the, the full season stats and the, and the uh, Deshaun Jackson. He's that type of a guy. Because, again, but he's Jarvis not, Landry. He's not, he's not like a slight no, 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 guy. But Jarvis Landry is never going to be your downfield threat in that offense, Callaway. He has. He got rid of Jarvis. I know they had a lot of work downfield this but year. But Callaway's a rookie. Yeah. So Jarvis Landry's locked in is like an, a high end yeah. RB. They're using him as end. everything that he can be, but in in Jarvis Landry's ideal role, he's not the downfield receiver. Just like look, Mike Evans is not the downfield receiver either. That's not, that's not sliding a guy. It's just that's not what you. Alshon Jeffries, he's a go up and get it guy, but he's not. I'm going to stretch the field with you. I think it's good. You're gonna, now that you got Carr, just from watching that game and just seeing the minimal games we saw him got, I think now the passing game for the Browns takes on a whole new face. Now, just even seeing when he came in in that game on Thursday, but he'll just wing it. I mean, what, that that throw that he made to was it to 
Njoku, uh, there was one that was just like, literally the defender was like turning and the ball went right by him. And uh, maybe that was a, a Landry catch. He does not, he's not scared to throw that thing in small spaces. Old school gunslinger. He's Baker is really fucking good. Really good. He's going to improve this team in the passing game so much. So much. Yeah. And Hugh Jackson gets a pass because Tyrod Taylor say. gets injured. Right? Yeah. And now it's like, oh, yeah, we plan to start this guy the whole time, even though you were going around all season saying you weren't going to start him at all this year. But now, you know, he gets to come in and maybe save your fucking job. Blessing yeah. in disguise. Baker Mayfield is good. So, um, but should we go it, to the, it, it's an improvement for all the guys. Yep. The, the problem with Antonio Callaway is, you know, he's going to be inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, he had 10 targets last week. Yeah. He got four for 20. Like, or, whether it was Tyrod missing him or a fucking drop on a dime from Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, you know, that guy's going to be up and down, but he has the potential to be one of these players that if you pick up off the waiver wire, is going to have some... You know, boom weeks, but he's also going to have bust weeks mixed in there. Jarvis Landry's a locked-in uh, wide receiver two right now. Yeah. David Njoku also gets a bust. Uh, well, Landry could also be a locked-in wide receiver one in PPR format. Yeah, depending on scoring. Yeah. But David Njoku is also a guy who gets a plus here because we saw Baker Mayfield utilize a move tight end mm-hmm. at Oklahoma. And they're using some of the schemes that Baker's really comfortable with. And Mark Andrews caught a ton of passes from Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma. And so they, I like Njoku. And they also invested so much in Njoku, and they've been waiting for someone to be able to, to, to utilize him. And again, think about it. You go through Tyrod Taylor through his entire career. By the way, this is the most we've talked about the Cleveland Browns on our podcast in like five years. But this, it's exciting. It is exciting. Um, but the fact is that Mayfield is, is not going to be a guy like Tyron Taylor's only going to attempt to 18 to 22 passes a game. He's going to be a guy in this league who's going to be attempting 30 to 35 passes. And he's going to be able to run the ball a little bit and do Gets a bit of everything. Way. And he, he just goes. And he, and he goes and he, or he may only throw 25 because he's throwing them all 40, 50 yards downfield. Maybe. I'm excited. I'm pumped up. I like the Browns on both sides of the ball. Let's go to the Raiders. Uh, let's quickly kind of rifle through them. we got to catch up a little bit. Um, obviously, Carr went uh, from his uh, most accurate game of all time until literally yesterday. Uh, Gruden is kind of ripping on Carr again, saying he's too aggressive. Had an interception in the red zone. Um, I'm going to just go big picture stuff. Amari Cooper is a loafer. He loafed on that one play that was a, a interception and then didn't even really start running to try and tackle the fucking guy. He's so benchable. He's not good. He, I mean, I'm going to say he's got some skills. He's got, he's just, he's, he's just, he's almost like a David Boston or he's just kind of like got the elite skills, but he's just aloof. He doesn't care enough. I don't know what it is. Amari Cooper, not good for the rest of our lives while he's in the league. We're going to hear, oh, Cooper this, Cooper that. He's just not a football Would player. Would you start Jordy going forward? No. No. Although I liked I liked what I, I, liked what I saw. Um, I mean, it all depends. Depends what you got. Depends... Uh, I don't like him against this Browns defense. I, I don't like. I don't. And I don't like Amari Cooper versus this Browns. I really don't like. I'm pretty much fading like everybody on this uh, on this team. I, I really don't. I mean, I hate the fact that Marshawn Lynch. 
just he doesn't have it anymore. It's like he's a short and, and Doug Martin. Maybe if you gave him a chance, he could actually bring a little bit more life to your offense. But these are two lifeless oh. beings that you're trying to get. That's what I'm saying. Mar- these are two. I want to take two negatives and try to make a positive. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch is the number twelve running back in standard scoring because he has three touchdowns. touchdowns. That's it. And he's also been successful on sixty-four percent of his runs. They are staying on schedule because of Marshawn Lynch at three point five yards. It game. doesn't. Yards per carry doesn't matter. He's picking up, he's picking up four or five yards on first down. Then he's picking up, you know, uh, three yards on second down, and then he's converting for first downs and keeping the offense on. Schedule. I got you. I got you. Do you yeah. like, do you like starting a Marshawn Lynch in this game or in general? Yeah, he's gonna get fifteen to sixteen touches. He's he's a flex play with with touchdown upside. Uh, you know, he's not gonna add much as a receiver. Two to three catches uh, in every game this season and sort of back. During that stretch, who else is going to run the ball on the goal line for them? Look, if you can get a touchdown a week, you start anybody if they score a touchdown a week. That, that's that's the bottom line. That's 16 touchdowns. Right. That's pretty that, fucking good. Now, the, the only problem is, are you ever going to get a game on, on a Marshawn Lynch where he's going to go for 175 yards with 30 no, yards receiving? He doesn't have that. No, yard, but can he no, get over 100 yards? Could he? But no, no. But forget about even that. Could he rush uh, 16 times for 62 yards and score three touchdowns? Sure. Yes, he could. Yeah. So th- that's right. that's what I, it's I, like. I, I, so it's not, it, ain't, it ain't flashy, but you got to start him because who else has touchdown Let's go to Jared Cook. Jared Cook locked in. Yeah, why not? He's getting targets. They're using him. They're moving him around the field. Everything you want, you know. And, and in this landscape of tight ends, uh, he's you know the eighth to tenth best uh, on a weekly basis. And did a matchup against the Browns, where the Browns are notoriously beaten up by opposing tight ends. Jared Cook should be in your lineups. Well, um, I said we move on to the next game. You got anything else? I got Jordy Nelson. And I got Amari Cooper because I think Amari Cooper's still demanding so much respect from opposing defenses that they are going to uh, blanket him with Denzel Ward. That leaves the field open for Jordy Nelson against secondary corners. So I think Jordy Nelson has a nice game here. But I, I don't think Amari Cooper's going to end up dead at the end of the season. I, still, I don't either. I, he's going to end up with more fantasy points, but they're all going to come in like blow-up weeks. Yeah. And right now he's just facing you know, a tough stretch of corners. So for me, you know me, I'm just high test and at that position it's just like he just seems like a loafer to me, and that's the only thing that bums me out. I know he'll be he'll have his game, he'll be a top twenty wide receiver, but I think this will be the year where people are finally like, Alright. Yeah. Amari's not that that great. He still has been going on name, um, coming after Julio out of Alabama and he's got all the skill set but not really getting her done. So we're not gonna buy into what John Gruden said that I'm gonna make him the best receiver, we're gonna target him almost all exclusively, he's gonna be getting all the Never buy into anything that Gruden says. Um, hook me up with yeah. one of those. Um alright, let's go to the next game. Saints at Giants. Um geez, the Saints fucking breeze just Getting doing his thing probably has when you think about it with Breeze probably has more and this is even with an Ingram not back probably has more true talent at his disposal right now than maybe he ever has in his entire career and, 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 and it's amazing he's about to he's going to finish with all the records right he's going to have the most yards he's going to have the most touchdowns and um, not be appreciated yeah unless he gets some sort of like. Teddy Bridgewater type of injury, which he probably won't have. You know why? It's not his fault, though. 
can you think about like this Saints defense? It looked good. Was it last year? <laughs> it looked One good. Year. One but year. they look like they did three years ago when they were putting giving up 40, 50, like yeah. the most the worst defense ever. And what it's great about that is it gives you fantasy opportunities for points because they have to like, they have to throw the ball and, and and move the ball downfield as much as possible. Drew Brees is like Steve Nash. He's gotta he's gotta like put up you gotta put up points or you lose. He's Alex English. There you go. The guy who led the league in, in NBA in scoring like two or three years, completely underappreciated because he was playing on the on the Denver Nuggets, Nuggets. where everybody else was scoring 98, 100 points a game. They were scoring 116. <laughs> yeah. He's he's legit. What do you gotta say about it? Yeah, start Alvin Kamara, start Michael Thomas. Uh, your next closest player, I mean, you're starting Drew Brees. I don't want to have to say that. I know. And if you look at Drew Brees' numbers, well, let's just talk about numbers for a second because there are seven quarterbacks in the league currently scoring more than 22 fantasy points a game. Um, Drew Brees would be getting so much love, averaging nearly 30 fantasy points a game if it weren't for the dismantling of the league that Patrick Mahomes is doing and the Fitz magic that's been out there. Um, you know, Drew Brees has got two rushing touchdowns this season. Uh, and they were impressive. <laughs> yes. that, 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 that last Anytime little, he gets a rushing touchdown, that, that was a sick run, dude. Him and Matt Ryan, when they when they scored touchdowns, uh, you, you go, you know, Joe Joy. That was a sick touchdown. So you're starting Drew Brees, you're starting Michael Thomas, you're starting Alvin Kamara. The, the guy mostly, uh, you know, on the fringe is Ted Ginn. And, you know, through uh, three games, he's the 37th wide receiver in standard scoring. He's got two touchdowns. Uh, they know how to use these he little saved, quick routes. He saved his week last week with his 12 yards, but his touchdown. Yeah, and he's got that ability to take a top off of defense. We haven't seen that breakout from Traquan Smith. You know, we haven't seen Austin Carr soak up a lot of targets in the slot. So this is a the most concentrated offense in the league between Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. And Drew Brees is distributing to guys who are playing at the peak of the NFL right now. These yeah. guys are... The top running back as a receiver and the top, um, you know, wide receiver in the league. And if you want the old underappreciated tight end, grab Ben Watson, would you? The guy gets looks. What do you have this way? Uh, five for seventy-one. Yeah, you know. I, I mean, look in this too. offense, and he gets red zone targets too. So. Yeah, he just hasn't converted one. No, I know. <laughs> well, he, the one that he should have was a wide open, and Breeze missed him, but that yeah. was two weeks ago. <laughs> Let's go to the Giants. Um, I mean, I'm just gonna let one of you guys go. Saquon getting it done, total yardage. Having uh, had, had a nice game last week. Can he get it done against this defense? Yes. <laughs> yes. Can uh, <laughs> well, OBJ the, the get, get a touchdown? Are you gonna stop them? The stop. Saints have only allowed 163 rushing yards on 60 attempts. They've been very strong against opposing running backs. Uh, in the run game so far, and they're you know pretty good in coverage against them, but you're not sitting Saquon. Uh, this is just slightly a tougher matchup than you think, but look at who they face. It's been Peyton Barber-led uh, Tampa Bay. Then it's been Carlos Hyde-led um, um, Cleveland. Then you've looked at Tevin Coleman-led Atlanta, and he had 15 carries for 33 yards. yards. So that... Don't buy into it. I mean... Early, small sample size. Saquon could end up with 125 rushing yards. I'm calling it right now. I will take the under. Like I'll okay. bet a dollar on it. I'll bet a dollar. Dollar. We'll make the. So you said 125. I'll take the under on 100. So we're in 
So I'm lucky I didn't total yards versus rushing. No, um, that's that, fine. Um, you know, you look at the other weapons. Odell, he's got 200-yard games so far this year. Uh, really only struggled in that Dallas game. You know, no Evan Ingram. But how long is he out? Four to six? I don't know, man. That's going to be a it, tough one. He it, did. It, like I'm pretty sure he avoided a tear, yeah. but I haven't heard the official. You know, timeline diagnosis as of yet, but he's going to be out at least this week. An extended but period is what I'm. He had a concussion of what a few weeks ago as well. He's, uh, this is this is not boding well. It seems. But like but a, here's the thing. Hopefully, it, it's not a norm for him on an injury scene. In, in in all essence, though, okay, if you're an owner of everybody else, you got to be happy. It's more Saquon. It's more Odell. The guy who finally gets to get come back to fantasy relevance is Sterling Shepard. Yeah. Um, and he came back after that injury and really showed up. And he even looks like an even better play this week because they've got no Patrick Robinson who's out for an extended period of time or the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they just put him on IR. So, you know, you look at Sterling Shepard, and he probably has the best matchup playing the slot the majority of the times. Uh, and, you know, what he did last week, uh, after being sort of an afterthought, he caught six for 80 and a touchdown. So that guy's going to be very involved going forward. And there was always that chance where he was the handcuff uh, who's now more valuable because of an injury. And, and this is a guy, too, who I can tell you from my waiver wire thing was a guy that was highly drafted in a lot of leagues. And I remember when it was going on. It was, and it, it was Yes. Okay. And it was like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, wow, he's getting drafted a lot higher than I would have put him. About around the two rounds higher in most drafts that I was looking at. And I'm going... Why? You have Odell, you have Evan Ingram, you're bringing in Saquon Barkley, what's the thing? But it's exactly what you said, Steph. He was the ultimate handcuff if any of those guys went down. And because and the other thing is that all these guys who drafted him this year, they're not going to be the ones that are going to reap the benefits from it because a lot of them probably dropped him last week, which means they're precluded, uh, precluded from being able to draft him for another week. Because the first two weeks, he had eight catches for less than 75 yards and no touchdowns. And so everyone runs away, and then he doubles those stats in the next week. And uh, and the guy that was eating his uh, his his care his uh, touches gets injured for an extended period of time. Exactly. This so is fantasy football. The Saints are allowing forty six fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers this season. <laughs> Odell, lock him, lock him in. Don't even think twice so about it. Forty six. Why didn't they get rid of Macaro? Like, didn't it feel like Vaccaro was such a Why did they get rid of Malcolm Jenkins back in the day? They, they've but continually rotated. felt like the no. galvanizing dude in that. In that, what, in I'm, that. what I'm saying is they've continually rotated Second. out. They've drafted highly safeties and got rid of them and let them go. And they just keep drafting another one. Are you thinking Odell goes off the schneid and scores a touchdown this week? Yeah, I mean, he's gone. When have you ever seen Odell go four straight weeks without a touchdown? I can't so remember. So I'm betting on that. So that means... Uh, you know, if I'm playing too fast this weekend, he's going to be one of my, you know, highly preferred options. But I'm also going to want a lot of pieces of Sterling Shepard. Um, other than that, does Eli Manning become viable because of what the Saints are doing? 
you know, two opposing quarterbacks, I think it's close. Like, Eli enters the starters conversation after, you know, a couple weeks of being very, very bad the first two weeks, but he got the Schneid a bit against uh, Houston. They benched, um, you know, their right tackle, uh, who would pre- Eric Flowers, who previously been their left tackle in previous years, and that seemed to solidify the offensive line a little bit. So I, I do think Eli's got a little bit of fantasy relevance. Let's is that that after that game. Yeah, that's it. So before we get into our next game, do us a favor and help us keep the lights on. All right. Bad news all around for the Niners. Jimmy G uh, out for the season, obviously, and the 49ers are going to be going and playing the Chargers. How does that work? Oh, no, the uh, Rams are on thir- Thursday night. Okay, there you go. I was like, Plus oh, they don't play at the same, at the same stadium. stadium right? yeah, I was like, I was like they don't. They don't play at the same they're stadium. Still playing, the Chargers still playing at the oh, 20,000. Right. No they're still playing at the soccer I'm stadium. I'm an idiot. My bad. Um, okay, I'm an idiot, and... I'm embracing it. Because they didn't pay for it. They don't get to be in it until it's all said and done. Just makes sense. Um, makes sense. Let's well, the Rams aren't in it either. Yeah, no one's in it. Yeah. The thing's not done. But the Rams are in a better stadium. Yes, yes they are. L.A. Coliseum. <laughs> one of the best. One of the best. Um, and how did the Chargers get rolled into a 30,000 in, 30, 30, soccer, soccer stadium? Don't ask me. StubHub Center? <laughs> yeah, StubHub Center. Well, one thing that we'll say is uh, their their value as a franchise did go up as a result of the move to LA. So oh, Spanos is, is yeah, excited he's about the money. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's worth, and do he's nothing. Worth do nothing half, about him. Yeah, he's Perfect. worth half a bill more. Um, um, all right, let's go. Swing for the guys with all the money. I make money. I don't have to do anything. This is perfect. Sounds like life, except for for us little guys. Um, let's go to the Niners. Uh, Brita a little bit banged up. Is that going to matter? Is he playing? He this came week? back in that game, so I'm not too worried about it from a long term outlook. Uh, and he actually gets a bump looking at his receiving ability because CJ Beathard targets the shit out of running backs. Uh, you look at rate stats from the preseason and last year, nobody targeted the running back position more than CJ Beathard. Um, can we just call him Beat Hard because it makes me feel so much Go better. for it! Yeah, he's, but, it's the best part. He, he went to Iowa when I was, uh, my wife was like watching us when we were having that great year, and CJ Beathard was our quarterback. She goes, Why is your quarterback's name Beat Hard? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's hard to beat! <laughs> Unless you're the same Why couldn't I have thought of that? <laughs> I said, Because he beats it hard. I go, I don't know. <laughs> I think it sounds like you, honey. Yes, we both went to Iowa. <laughs> But uh, you know who else went to Iowa? She's a Georgia girl. You know yeah. who else went to Georgia? Kittle. George, George Kittle. <laughs> but uh, besides that, I mean, Kittle's likely to see some targets. Uh, now they've got these wide receivers. You know, Dante Pettis fell back in line behind Trent Taylor, who played the majority of the slot snaps with Marquise Goodwin back in the lineup. So now, you know, it, it's a deep bunch. But Goodwin gets a, a knockdown with Beathard because sure. he had a lot of his success Garoppolo. With, with Garoppolo last year. So I, I'm not starting any of the receivers. Maybe you're starting Alfred Morris against this porous run defense without Joey Bosa. But you're starting Matt Breida over him anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, He's much more dynamic. He can do so yeah. much more things. Red he zone brings, carries. 
yeah. Marshawn Lynch. I just style. get worried worried about him a little bit just on now or into the fourth game, and maybe it's not yet, but his body's not going to be able to take the wear and tear of this give give Brita all of a sudden like as well, being they, as being a lead leading. Uh, well, no, lead, it's, leading it's more unfortunate now that that you don't have Garoppolo because now yes. you're going to be leaning on that running game more than you were before. The he's, thing is, he's, he's the lead leader in rushing, but it's all about big plays because he had 11 rushes for 90 yards yeah. last week. Yeah. So it's not like they're giving him 20 touches to get these 90 yards. Yeah. He's been electric on his touches, and I don't think he's going much over the range. To 12 carries, 12 to 15 carries a game, uh, 12 to 15 touches. So, so then here's the thing: if the, if the coach and, and Shanahan, we know, is a smart coach, right? So he knows how to maximize to get. Hey, where's where's the potential in this situation? You know what? It's going to be. This is going to be more. Of, he'll use Alfred Morris in those situations where it dictates that they're most likely going to put maybe an extra guy in the box or don't have guys sitting back as much. And maybe you put Burita in there more sometimes or maybe more in spread situations or in certain situations where you're going to be able to take uh, advantage of his athleticism. Morris is a guy that you could just, he's that workhorse guy. You want to yeah. just get a guy who wants to, you know, grind out the yards like Marshawn Lynch does. That's exactly what Alfred Morris is. He's, sure. he's the poor man's aren't Marshawn Lynch's entire career. Between the tackles, runner, no question about it. And he actually has done a great job looking at it, watch some of that game. It's like, he looks pretty good on his carries. He runs hard. He always runs hard. Let's um go over to the um Well how about Pierre Garcon? I think we're just we're just soft. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I just wanted to say his name. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to the Chargers side. Um Mike Williams. Is he my is he a guy that's uh, right now he's eating Uh, into hold on real quick. I just wanna say sorry to whoever asks. I feel like Mike Williams could go off for a two touchdown game. I'm like, I don't really see that against that defense, but yeah, I'm like, start, start this other guy. Not bad, bro. Yeah. Like, exactly what he said happened, and I'm like, motherfucker. Well, maybe he didn't listen to you, maybe he went with his gut, because that's maybe. the other thing that we always teach hey, you, yeah. too. If you really got that gut feeling, you got to go with your gut. But here's another guy, been on the waiver wire piece since week one. Yes. And Mike Williams, again, when we kept, I kept looking at him and going, wow. When I'm looking at him versus Tyrell Williams, and Tyrell Williams was a guy who I've added off of the waiver wire in the last two years or made trades for this, that, or the other yeah, thing, we're big and has paid dividends. We're fans. I dropped him last week, uh, you know, and I didn't, unfortunately, I was not able to get Mike Williams. I got DJ Moore. But I was bailing on Tyrell Williams because I believe in Mike. And where they drafted him, what they expected out of him, now he's 100% healthy. Now you're starting to see what he can do. And again, being in the situation where they're a very tough team to kind of defend from the wide receiver standpoint because who is truly the number one there? And, and who are you really, you know, need to take out? And I don't know that it's, it's really more Melvin Gordon than anything else. And Phillip Rivers, the veteran quarterback that he is, Mike Williams is beating his men, and he's winning matchups, and, and he's even doing it in close situations where it's tough catches, and, he's, and so he's gaining trust. Mike Williams is good in contested catch situations. When you don't have a tight end there who could separate in the red zone. <laughs> when you don't Mike, have a tight end altogether. Uh, I mean, they're running out a lot of Virgil Green and... Yeah, you don't really have a tight end. But 
Yeah, he's serving in that role in the red zone. He's being their de facto tight end. He's their go-to guy in the you know, red zone. And we've seen Philip Rivers have a ton of success throughout his career in the red zone. So that's what makes him instantly attractive. He's currently the 15th wide receiver in the standard scoring. Uh, and really, you know, he's had two 81-yard games. Uh, his targets... You know, in week two, he had just two. That was an issue, but right. they, they also ransacked Buffalo early, so we don't know. No, no, and that was also when I had him on the waiver, I said, I don't care that he got this. I was like, I was still saying, this is a guy to target, but so here's the other thing. Here's the converse side. How is this is now negatively affected the guy who used to be the most targeted guy in the league? That's what I'm thinking. And so where are we now Where with the ascension of a Mike Williams to... Where is Keenan? Is Keenan Allen finally coming down to more where we thought he kind of should be all along, or is he still elite and he's still going to get those 14, 15 target games? Keenan Allen is still elite. Uh, going up against the 49ers defense, uh, it's much different than the defenses he's had to face the last couple weeks in Buffalo and with the Rams. You know, they faced the Rams, you know, last week, and they still had healthy corners for uh, a good portion of that game. You know, Allen and the best corner at the end of that game, still standing, played in the slot. Uh, you know, so it, he's going to have matchups where he's the dominant player. It just so happened that. You know, later in the game, as these corners got affected, that Mike Williams was able to go off, uh, and he even went off early for an early score. But Keenan Allen's going to be fine. You look at the targets, he's still uh, uh, among the league leaders in targets uh, at the wide receiver position. He's got... Um, well, this, this more becomes a fade on a Terrell Williams, and it becomes a fade yeah. on Travis Benjamin, and it becomes that those guys, yes, they're going to have their moments where they're going to have their... Cause those are both... Those two guys are both big play receivers, but why those guys had been more effective in their roles in this offense in the past is because you didn't have, you only had one Keenan Allen and you had yeah. an Antonio Gates. Now you almost have two guys that could be target, target whores, right, and reception kings because they can convert 70 or more percent of their targets that are thrown to them, 75% probably more. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you got anything else on this? I mean, keep starting Melvin Gordon because he keeps scoring touchdowns yeah, damn, and stuff. Like, you know, people are there's people out there that say Melvin Gordon's gonna get replaced by Austin Eckler. And okay. well, no, remember, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit my fault. Meaning, I'm meaning, the, I'm, oh, I, I, I'll, I'll never say that. But if you remember, I had him. Meaning I think by I, the, they're not gonna re-sign. No, replace re- this season. They're saying this is uh, stupid. Uh, I look. I had. Melvin, I want to say, is my like eighth or ninth running back. Okay, I was wrong, <laughs> but I was right on a couple other guys. So, but uh, that's the way it goes, buddy. That one was wrong. It's how it's that how one was wrong. Yeah, but you're wrong nobody also expected Austin Eckler to be the number sixteen running back at this point in the season. And you know, every time he touches the ball, he seems yeah. to make a big play. Seven catches or seven carries for like seventy-seven yards. Him and Lindsey. Him and Lindsey this year, like the guys yeah. are just like gold whenever they touch the ball. He's Today. averaging eight point two yards a carry, and on twenty carries, he has nearly as many yards as Melvin Gardner, who has nearly double with thirty-nine carries for one hundred and seventy-two. Uh, but Gordon's also averaging a career high in yards per carry at 4.4. Right. There's going to be games where he, they're leading and he's going to be the clock grinder. And it really hasn't happened yet. Here's the best. They, 
fucking housed Buffalo so early that they just rested Melvin Gordon, especially with that injury. But then last game, they were down and they needed some explosive plays. So they mixed in Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. There's going to be games coming up here, you know, especially in this matchup against the 49ers. We saw how terrible their run defense was uh, before, and they're run defense was also so much worse when Jimmy Garoppolo was out of the lineup because Beathard couldn't extend plays and these guys were just getting Tired. so many plays run against them. Here's the other thing that is the ultimate benefit right now. You brought it up. This is the main reason why I was so down on Melvin Gordon. He's got 4.5 yards per carry right now. He was a 3.5 yard per carry guy. <laughs> you know, all throughout his career. So this is, and here's the other thing that is ultimately amazing about it. His yards per carry this year are not dominated because he had a 70 fucking yard run. His longest run has been 23 fucking yards. So here is a guy that is truly, again, against everything that that that, that stats and, and and my eyes showed me in his entire career. He's do he's basically taken a step forward. This is his third year, right? Or is this fourth. Fourth, fourth year? Amazing to take a, that big of a step forward in your fourth year. Usually you don't go from being a 3.5 yard uh, per carry back for your first three years and all of a sudden just like jumping up like that. He's just on a good offense, a high scoring offense, so the, the odds are... He's in a it, tough, but he's still... Well, yeah. maybe it's a weaker division on defensively now. I got to take that back. Here's another one. Because the Broncos used to dominate. The Chargers should be the dominant, but he's on the Chargers, so that helps. Right? Uh, you... I have the Chiefs who cannot stop anyone, but no oh, one can stop them. And you have the Raiders who don't have Khalil Mack anymore. So this is another one. If you're looking at a division, if you're looking at offensive players where the defenses are not strong, yeah. um, that's why Mike Williams especially becomes great at because he's going to play against all those defenses. Love it. Before we get to our next game, let's listen to this quickly. All right, Sunday Night Football is going to be the Ravens at the Steelers. Uh, let's start with the Ravens, uh, an unassuming character in Javaris Buck Allen. Uh, had a had a nice showing. Not as good of a showing as I do with this. Baby. I keep various weaponry strategically placed around the office. I saved Jim's life with a can of pepper spray I had Velcroed under my desk. Hey, Houdini, what's 32 divided by 16? Two. That is Javorius Allen's yards per carry this season. Uh, <laughs> I can do that math. I'm an English major, but I can do that math. But he's got three, three touchdowns running and, and one, one receiving. receiving. Which means he's fantasy viable. He's fantasy viable. He's got 13 <laughs> catches through three games. Um, he's, got more, he's, he's, he's ranked higher, sorry to interrupt you, buddy. Uh, then he's got more fantasy points than Jordan Howard, yeah. uh, David Johnson, Chris Thompson, Mixon, teammate Alex Collins, more importantly. But I'm, it's going to come around for Alex Collins. This guy's, uh, you know, he's got two touchdowns already this year. Uh, and Allen might be a preferred goal line rusher, but. Collins still gets his opportunities. Um, had 18 carries last week against Denver, who still has a pretty tough run defense. And he did score. And he did score. He's, um, he, he's the more explosive player. Yeah. Uh, Allen's going to be that you know consistently there guy who can pass block, pass catch, 
you know, score some touchdowns, always be around when you need them. You know what you're going to get out of them. But, you know, there's going to be points where they need that explosion. And coming up against the Steelers team, that's second overall in offense, you're going to need some big plays. Um, you know, looking at Joe Flacco and the de- the way this defense is played, this is the number one defense in all of football. They're creating turnovers. They're getting sacks. They're, uh, you know, creating havoc. And over the last eight games for this team, they're averaging 32 points a game. They're, you know what? They're kind of winning it the way they did back in the day, right? It's not, it's not special. It's not great. It's the Derek Mason. Who... Uh, oh, I'm. Oh, I got a good fantasy week this week. The guy going against me's got Derek Mason as his number one wide receiver. The Derek Mason goes off yeah. on you for eight catches for 105 yards and two touchdowns. And and John Brown has become the resurgent of Derek Mason in this offense, right? Because Crabtree finally had his like finally show up and they get targets and have a game. But John Brown has consistently been the guy each week, and he's the guy that they're using down the field. He's a Another guy that's been on the waiver wire ever ever since uh, you know since the beginning of the year. To add to that, real quick, Josh Brown is second in the league in air yards, uh, so they are attacking down the field yeah. to him. They're giving him opportunities to make big plays, and eventually those are going to come back his way to where he's going to start converting them. So and that's exactly what Joe Flacco has always done throughout his career. Look, that was why that's how he made Torrey Smith a goddamn like uh, you know top twenty uh, fantasy wide receiver right. for three years running because of three big games <laughs> where he would get the you know the, the monster yards. So if you're the guy who can Flacco be able to start and just gun, throws that ball, it's like it's, it's a good feeling. And think about it though too, because you don't have uh, Jamal Lewis, you don't have that running game that Joe Flacco has had in the past where they were able to. Jamal do, Lewis, that's what, that, he was there with that, wasn't he? I yeah, I guess he was. That yeah, I don't know about yeah. that. Am I going back? Oh, I'm going back. I think, I'm you're, I think you're flipping Lewis arrows, bro. Jamal, Jamal oh, that was Trent Dilfer. One Super Bowl. Ray Rice, like bro. Ray, Ray Rice, Rice, Ray Rice. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for Ray Rice. All good. They all blend together when you're talking about Baltimore. Uh, you get to 40, 40 plus, you know, it's like shit. Everything starts blending together. It is crazy, right? But but the fact of the matter is, is that he doesn't have that type of a guy necessarily, and so they're going to take the, continue to take the shot. So if I'm sitting there with uh, having to start a John Brown again, it's not sexy. That's why he's still been on the waiver wire. But he's put up numbers every single week. Where does he rank as far as wide? Receivers. He's wide receiver 16, I think he was just at. Uh, you start that. No, 18, excuse me. But in PPR leagues, this guy has been a uh, you know double-digit fantasy point producer every single week. 13.5, 19.2, 13.6. So the consistency has been there. And when we're talking about these guys who are deep threats... Usually that consistency is not there, but in this offense, he's a, a major player. Well, also, to look, you to have to look it up, though, too. Give me what his target number is, because that's the one thing. Torrey Smith never got... 22? 22. So three games, you're getting, you're getting... No, that's seven targets a game. That's good. Torrey right. Smith was never getting seven targets a game. He was getting something that's getting five, six, four... Let him go. Injuries... Yeah, it just it never made it never makes sense. That's right now, though. Yeah, yeah. Did, he, did he get a big contract from the Ravens? No, no. That's what he said. And this is your thing, Sears contract. The best thing is everyone put their money into in the Crabtree just because the Crabtree has the, the, the history or whatever. But you don't know. You you got you have a whole. They had all new wide receivers coming. They, well, they put it. They, in got Ryan, of, they put it into Ryan Grant. 
Yeah, but they got rid of everybody. And held off a day to sign, <laughs> and then Crabtree got cut, and they're like, oh, hold on, plan B. And Ryan Grant's doing very well with Indianapolis. And yeah. it's, it's worked out. You know, it's, it's almost worked out well for everybody except for Crabtree. So, <laughs> I mean, Crabtree has two. two touch, huh? He's got one touchdown yeah. in the season, but he has two games with ten targets the last two games. He's been uh, okay. You know, in PPR leagues, he's another guy with double-digit fantasy points every single week. So he's been viable. The wide receivers are back, though. Yeah. And the wide receivers being back makes Michael Crabtree much more of a flex play, mm-hmm. touchdown-dependent mm-hmm. uh, dart throw than you know maybe a regular season would, right. like over the last one or two years. The crazy so thing is the wide receivers back, but it's not really the top guys that are back yet. Can I? Can I? Can I, I, I want to make this point. I, I, I want everyone to think about this for your fantasy leagues going forward. Right? It's all about competitiveness, and especially if you're in a 10-team league and you're still doing the old standard, either two wide receiver and a flex or three wide receiver, uh, a tight end, no flex, would you just go to three wide receivers, a tight end, and a flex? It, it's, it's so stupid because a 10-team league especially, everybody has a loaded lineup. Make everybody start that extra player. And if you want to even get more technical, I'm only going to have one league next year that will have a kicker still left in it. I, we got rid of got rid of kickers. We got rid of kickers so many years ago in so many leagues. My oldest league got rid of kicker in D this year. I think if you really want to prove who's the best fantasy player, you have long starting lineups. Yes. Short benches. Yeah. Because the, the guys have to make moves and have to make shrewd moves the on the drop league has to get hurt. players. Yeah, it hurts to make a drop. But you have to pick up somebody to fill in for points. Right. So how you added a little bit of injured reserve spots. You give two injured reserve spots. And I'm in those two where it's like a dynasty league too. So now you don't even have those guys that you can really, like, oh, I really want to hold on to this guy. Will I take a loss this week to hold on to this guy? Or will I need this to get that win? No, it's 100% true. And the other thing that's great about this is, 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 is uh, in my 12-team league when I instituted it, when we went three wide receivers with – the flex is that the flex in all my other leagues where it's two wide receivers and a flex my flex was always either a wide receiver or a running back yeah. and in this league on a weekly basis 12 teams I'm seeing I, I at least had it in the first year uh, four we play 17 weeks but at least four of the weeks where it was 4-4-4 four, four, four. <laughs> people started running backs wide receivers and tight ends oh. and I said wow now this is what makes cool competitive balance that you can start any position in that flex, and it really is dependent on how your lineup is set up. And uh, I, I, I told you guys on the show before, my last two championships in my oldest league were uh, Kelsey and, and Ertz as my tight end and my flex. And then um, the other one was, I don't remember, Kelsey and somebody. So, uh, so listen. I love that. Two, listen, I love starting. Two I told games. you I had David Johnson and Russell Wilson. I'm going, why am I, why am I still 2-1? I also can play uh, I, uh, Tevin Coleman, who I picked up, Will Fuller, who I picked up, but uh, um, uh, I lost Joe Mixon Coleman too. Wow. Well, no, no. I mean, I had him. I think about yeah, yeah. in the tenth round, I picked him up, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. But I can start Tyler Eifert in the flex. I can start, uh, you know, Deion Lewis in that flex. It's like that's. I think the more dynamic that you can have your roster in fantasy football, the better. Um, well, all right, let's go oh, Steelers. Let's go to the Steelers. Unless you got anything else in the Ravens, nay. All right, Steelers, let's go. Um, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell. We don't need to talk about him. 
it uh, changes. Uh, you start Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell comes back, and you don't start Le'Veon Bell. Is that going to happen? Uh, it's always a Week 10? Yeah. He's coming back by week 10. But well, hold on. But we're talking about this matchup. No. I'm doing I, I, I like it. I'm usually like doing big picture stuff. You wonder what? The Ravens Sad, defense. Like, Let's just talk about this game, Derek. Not drafting. Not your last 20 years of fantasy. Not the future. <laughs> this is not the week to, if, uh, for John, for James Conner, though. You're still starting with RB2. I know, but this there, is not the week that you're going to expect him to, to have what he did in week one against Cincinnati. Cleveland. Cleveland, sorry. <laughs> the other Ohio team. This is this is this is to me gonna be an Antonio Brown game. And this is gonna be kind of the one where I feel like it's the comeback game. Like Antonio I, I know a little I know, too quiet. <laughs> exactly. And then I think right I think now. that he's gonna get just where shoot this is where if you have Juju right now, and of course if you have Juju you're gonna start him too. But <clears throat> again, I think it, the expectations have to shift. So I, I'm shifting down on the running backs for uh Pittsburgh. Shifting way up on Antonio Brown, I figured this could be like a 150-yard game for Antonio Brown. That's that's that, that's where I'm stepping out. I stepped on 125 on Barkley. I'll go 150. But I go two dollars. I'll go 150 uh, over for Antonio. Nah, I mean, in, <laughs> I like it. In 15, two, two guys agree. In 15 games against. Uh, the Ravens in his career. Antonio Brown has 89 catches uh, for on 147 targets, but only 1,087 yards and three touchdowns. So, uh, you know, his career numbers against Jimmy the Smith? Ravens uh, not, still not suspended. Thank you. Oh, yeah. That's my point. Yes. But, you know, Antonio, he's been a little bit underwhelming, but he's seen the, the targets are there. The targets are there, but he's only, he's got, what, 42 targets, 24 catches. That's not Antonio Brown. Like those are going to come around. He's uh, second in targets out of all wide receivers, only behind Thielen. True, but that but also wait, goes, you got to go back. You gotta, you're going back to, to early on. Let's go, let's go last week. Nine targets only, and he only had it was it was, it was seven. I think in the first half, it was two that he had in the second half. So hey, again, I, I'm, I'm leaning on that interdivisional matchup thing. I'm also leaning on the fact that hey. Lean on my guy and and keep Antonio happy after he had this little discontent. I wouldn't be surprised if Antonio has eight or nine catches in the first half. I now, you may fade a little bit more toward the side, but I, that's why I'm thinking he's still going to. This is going to be one of those 11, 12 catch games for 150, low end 100 yards for sure. We know you're playing Smith. You know you're playing Brown. You know you're playing Big Ben at this point. Uh, especially at home, even though the the away game uh, two day two nights ago didn't seem to affect him too much. Let's talk about the tight end position. Yeah, what happened to Jesse James? Uh, huh? I was flying home. What the fuck happened? I don't know. Van, I think Vance was just ready to have his coming out party, and god damn, it looked like it came really on one play. But in all honesty, I think when you look at O.J. Howard, he's really had about three plays this year that have gotten. A majority, a lion's share of those 220 yards he's got going on. But where, what as they say, you have to be able to make those big plays. And that's great. Hey, there's nothing wrong with it. It is what it is. But where do we go if you're if you're trying to pick up a tight end? Is Vance Johnson? Is, is Vance McDonald? Vance Johnson, uh, a, a viable guy that you're picking up? Is it still going to be Jesse James? Like where? All right. So where you, you, you were writing the article this week, so I'm going to write this little piece for you, so you, you can finish you, it when you get done. 
Uh, going into this week, for sure, I was 100% as Jesse James. But you got to remember, Vance McDonald is also a guy that when he was on San Francisco, he was putting up big plays. He was doing some of these types of things. And he had a lot of potential to do it. So, look, he's new. He finally is learning it. Maybe now this is kind of that uh, that shift and that crescendo, you know. But Well, he, he also joined play. the team middle of last year and had that big playoff game. Yeah, he he's had big year. playoff games before. Like, he's a guy who's up and down, who you can't count on. Uh, in terms yes, let of me finish. Agree. Let me finish. Let me, let me see if you agree, and then we'll go from there. Okay. So, he's a guy who's up and down, but he's got, when we look at the tight ends, his max ceiling game is giant. Because he's got the potential for 10 catches, or for 150 yards in a game, or for two touchdowns. But there's also going to be weeks where he's one catch for eight yards and phased out of the game plan. Luckily, this week, going against the Baltimore Ravens, they're a team that can be beat up by opposing tight ends. Uh, you know, their linebacking core and safety core seems to have problems with the position, and they're usually better on the outsides locking down a wide receiver. So maybe this is a game where Vance looks to be in a good spot. It, the, the issue is Jesse James can play a ton of snaps because he's the better blocker. And the other problem is, and this is where it comes back to, is that you're now it's a horrible guessing game, right? And here's the worst part. If Le'Veon Bell does come back to the Steelers, both these guys are hurt. Right? Without a doubt. Sure. Jesse James has more potential at that point in time just because he'll be out on the field more in, in, in blocking situations where you need to make it look like it's a blocking situation for play action with Le'Veon out there. And that's why he gets the red zone looks and that's why he gets this. But if I'm going to invest, but if, if, if Le'Veon's not there, this is where it's scary is that Jesse was getting 10, 11 targets in those first couple games. And then he gets one. And this one. And Vance does. Vance was hurt. I know. And then Vance does what he does only on five targets. Right, right, right. And so this is basically where it comes to it also is this. Pittsburgh has proven to be a defense that is not the Pittsburgh defense that we all know, sure. have, have known forever and believe in. Which so is great for fantasy. This is offense. where I would have. So my point here is that it's the shift. So the shift really has 100% gone for me. From Jesse James to Vance McDonald, because as as Staggs is saying, and as you could tell, it's all about ceiling. You don't draft, you don't pick up guys for floor. You really pick up guys because they're on the waiver wire for ceiling, because you want points. You don't do it because I need two points this week. I can get you two points. <laughs> you got to have two points on your bench somewhere. You want a guy who can give you 15 points off, you know, for a week. That's why you stream a quarterback. Who has the best matchup that I can steal 30 points where you're stuck on your 12 points because you're going against the Jaguars? God, it's it's a the Steelers are um, great for fantasy, but I don't know. And obviously, they're they're having a tough season. What they're one and two, but I don't think they're going to be the uh, playoff contender and the potential Super Bowl uh, contender that anybody thought. Now let's uh, talk about the one that is though. Let's move to the final game. Monday night. And let's go to the most electric, amazing uh, quarterback the Bears should have drafted. Stags, you want to talk about? Listen, it was hilarious. I was, uh, I'm at my tailgate, right? And so it's so weird when you're on the West Coast during West Coast time. Because the tailgate, uh, the game starts at 1.25. So we're at our tailgate at 9.30. The game started at 10 o'clock. And so then this guy's like talking to me. He's like, oh yeah, Patrick Mahomes. This is a guy from Chicago. And I'm like, 
well, you know what's going on right now, right? I'm like, he's like, what? I'm like, well, he's thrown for 252 yards and three touchdowns, and there's still two minutes and 21 seconds left in the first half. He goes, oh, that's pretty good. I go, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> they put it in the neutral in the second half a bit. But yeah, because he didn't, he, like, he didn't have more than. But, but the fact that, that he purpose. had two, he did had 252. Three touchdowns. Right, I was with, no, I, for Love me, it. it's ingrained in my head because I was going against him in fantasy where I have Kirk Cousins. So I thought it was going to be like the greatest quarterback matchup, and it was like, okay, game over as soon as that happened. Negative three point eight five thirty seven. Trubs all around. <laughs> Mahomes in this matchup is he going to be able to keep the fire alive? Um, if not, is 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 Hunt? Uh, who had two touchdowns, but still relatively low yardage numbers, and it's a different looking hunt this year. Although two touchdowns, yeah, yeah, he had those two touchdowns, but I mean, it's just like not. There's no volume. There's no yards. That's what, a more interesting conversation. Do it. Let, let's let stag party do a little bit, and then let's roll in behind it. I mean, right now you're hoping that Kareem Hunt is scoring touchdowns because this is the highest scoring offense in the league. Uh, there's probably going to be games where the matchup dictates that they should run the wall. But right now, Andy Reid and you know Patrick Mahomes don't give a fuck about any given matchup. Uh, you know they're they're so effective through the air and just pushing the ball down the field. And you know there's going to be games where they're handing it to Hunt late because they've got the lead. But their defense is also so porous that they can't take this the foot <laughs> off the pedal. Because they did that, you know, a little bit last week, and it almost came back to bite them. Um, but you know, definitely two the, weeks ago again against the Steelers. Yeah, the they amount, thought they had that game done, and then all of a sudden, they're like, holy shit, Steelers are matchless. The, the real issue for Hunt, especially if you're in PPR leagues, is the lack of receiving usage because Patrick Mahomes doesn't need a checkdown. He, he's checking down 40 yards downfield to Ty- Tyreek Hill, who's streaking across the defense. Can I make that point? I, I was watching um, till, uh, two weeks ago the Redskins game, and I'm going, God, this just looks like the Chiefs. Because it was Alex Smith dropped back, one, two, and he checked and he threw it down to Chris Thompson. One, two, throw it down. And, it, and you get Patrick Mahomes, and I start watching them and going, one, two, read, 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 throw. Or, you know, it's just better decision-making. It's like Alex Smith had smart decision-making, like just, a, but afraid decision-making. There's no fear in anything that Mahomes does out there. And he's just like, I'm yeah, going yeah. I'm going to will the play to happen, whereas uh, Alex Smith's going, Please, Will, don't 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 make this happen. And we, yeah, exactly. And you were talking earlier with Trubisky, how we had that offense. We had the Alex Smith version of that. We offense. do, we do, we do. Not the Mahomes version of that offense. Then this isn't even an Andy Reid offense anymore. It's weird. He has <laughs> taken and adapted everything he's ever done, and he's taken air raid principles. He's taken some West Coast staples. He's fit it is a little similar though to what he did back in Philadelphia. Think about this: when um, who was it that the, the most horrible wide receiver ever that could have been Todd Pixon? 
Freddie, Freddie Todd Pinkston. Todd Pinkston was your number one wide receiver. Okay, when Todd Pinkston became your number one, like he did it where, and this is what he's doing with this offense. When Chris Connolly's getting scores, Demetrius Harris is getting scores. You know, the ball is going to everyone. Everyone's getting touches. Everyone, but the quarterback is just is just making it happen. And, and instead of a uh, Donovan McNabb back there, he's got a guy who has probably. And McNabb was a great quarterback, but God, Mahomes' skills are just. I'm pretty sure Harrison dropped the touchdown pass. Like. He didn't score, but he, but he, but he, uh, 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 but he had some good catches. It was no, he was five and five or sixty-three, but no. But uh, I think who? he had. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I'm on the wrong game. The wide receiver four <laughs> for uh, Demetrius. Demetrius on uh, Kansas City. Demetrius is the backup tight end. Okay, so the tight end. Demetrius Harris. He, yeah, he, Harris. He, did he drop it? I think he dropped it. I was thinking about Damian Williams that I was thinking about. He dropped the touchdown. That's a bad guess. Another bad. That's my point. All the, that's, my point was that all these throws to everybody. It, it's not, it's like Tom Brady. So who's gotten hurt? Tyree Kill. Yeah. Yeah. And look, look at the number of touches. The number. He was targeted two times. Yeah, about, uh, no, five times in the passing game. He's third. Isn't he third and for wide receivers and yeah. points? Well, yeah, he didn't have the great game last week, and that's going to happen because they got that much weaponry. No, uh, but the week before it was not a spectacular week either. So this is not five for ninety and a tutty. Like Tyree Kills had one bad game, but that's still. Averaging 25 yards a catch is having a bad game for Tyreek Hill. Yeah, the target's 865. It's it's not going to be like Tyreek's going to make his big that. plays. I yeah. I know I know he's a big play guy. Yeah, I get it. I, they're they're going to spread it around. And there's going to be games when Conley's going to friggin' have his day. There's going to be games where it's going to be all Kelsey. There's going to be games where everyone gets fed. And there's going to be, hopefully, one well, or two games when it's a hunt running. And here, I'll eat my own words in this sense because here's the other part. Is that there's going to be one out of every five games where Tyreek is going to do something ridiculous on special teams, and you're going to get the points for that, too. Yeah. All right? So, no, no, that makes a big that, – that's a big difference, too. When you have a guy – uh, that, that gives you that extra. Right now, if I could trade for Tyreek Hill in every league I have as yeah. my wide receiver, I would be gloriously doing it. Just because, yes, there's going to be some of those flat on face games, but just there's going to be just uh, there's he's going to throw up a 250, two or three, just one of those special special games amongst a lot of other great games. And that's where I maybe made a mistake in my fantasy league in the second round. I decided I went Joe Mixon because I knew that I, Tyreek Hill was the best wide receiver in all my mocks, and he ended up being the best wide receiver that was there. And I go, do I want to build my team with the second-round pick around Tyreek Hill as my number one wide receiver with the number two pick? And I let it go, and the guy, my cousin who was picked after me, took him, and I, and I went with all my mocks. I went for the best tight end that was available. It was either going to be Kelsey or Gronk, and I took Gronk. Um, Maybe I regret it now because maybe I'll get a little more consistency. But I need I need Edelman back. I need Josh Gordon out there. I got a fucking dud of a fucking game the last couple weeks. Yeah, Kelsey with Mahomes looks so, fucking unbelievable. Yeah, let's let's. Uh, I think you start everyone on Kansas. Let's start them off. Let's the Broncos are a tough defense, but look, let's go over to him. He can, he hasn't been broken yet. Mahomes, Mahomes. So I'll trust him. Von Miller's going to get him three or four times. That's fine. He's still going to make. Four touchdown throws and, uh, and, and, and burn you. And he looks, he just looks so fun and happy. It's just so glorious watching that guy kick The those, Chiefs offensive line shotguns. is really good, too. Um, so, yeah. You know, he, he's had time to throw, and when he doesn't have time, he's got that pocket elusiveness to move and still want to throw deep. And the guy's 
you know, putting up some rushing yards as well. He's got the icing on the cake. So. He's so good. All right, let's go over to the other side um, of this game. Last uh, team we're going to cover tonight. Um, we, we, un- so, uh, unlike our usual style, we cruised through the first eight games, and then we slowed down in the end. I'm not complaining. We usually do three-hour shows, but like I was blown away that we were at eight games at like an hour and 22 minutes. Um, I think we all were, and then we put it in the uh, cruise control a little bit. Let's shut this thing down right now. Um, I mean, I, I don't even really know. The Chiefs can't stop anybody, but are the Broncos uh, high-powered enough offense to get it done? What do you think? Start with Case. I mean, the running backs. Emmanuel Sanders is probably the best play here. Um, you know, looking at the Chiefs, uh, but then Demarius Thomas has been getting you know nice amounts of targets against this Chiefs defense. He's the guy likely to play on the outside, so maybe he sees the most Kendall Fuller. But Fuller is still better in the slot, so maybe it's. Uh, maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe they both see Fuller, but at this point, whoever's getting the secondary corner is going to roast. So I think you've got to go. I think you've got to go with both of these guys in your lineups. Um, and then you know, looking at what else they have on defense, you're not really scared of anything for the Chiefs. So you could start Royce Freeman expecting a touchdown, and you could start Case Keenum as a top, you know, twelve. Or, uh, quarterback or top fifteen quarterback and feel pretty good about it. Him getting you, you know, eighteen to twenty points, uh, especially with the weapons they have on offense. Philip Lindsay, you know, getting ejected from that game gave Royce Freeman a lot more opportunities. Gave Devontae Booker a lot more opportunities. But I still think Lindsay's going to be the guy uh, that you want to start as that top back. But Royce Freeman's the guy they prefer around the red zone. He's been finding it. You know, you know, nicely over the last couple of weeks, the yardage just hasn't really accompanied it. And I think when it when it comes down to what the what they would like to see, you know, for for Denver as far as in the running game is is that Royce Freeman would eventually be their Melvin Gordon, and that Philip Lindsay could be their Austin Eckler, Darren Sproles type yeah. of guy. Yeah. Um, but I agree. I think Lindsay is just much more dynamic at this point in, in this stage in the in the uh, in the season and and where they're at. I'm definitely a hundred percent on board with like yes. I would start Case Keenum on a streamer right now, and a hundred and a, and a yeah, of all the guys that we were talking about that we were potentially would have streamed uh, before uh, with the, like uh, Ryan Tannehill and the Blake. No, Case Keenum going against Kansas City. They're going to put up fifty points against us. We're going to have to put up 48, 50, uh, 55 ourselves. Love it. Awesome show, fellas. Good to be back in the mix with you guys. The music that we uh, played tonight was Courtney uh, Barnett. Good stuff. Pretty sure she's a uh, Chicago girl. Might be wrong on that, but she's awesome. Love Rocky, Spacey. Uh, we opened up with City Looks Pretty. Um, and we're going to close out uh, here with Nameless, Faceless. Uh, Houdini was drinking some um, uh, Revolution Brewery. Uh, what's, what's the name? Antihero. Antihero. Yes. And uh, D-Rex was drinking some Deschutes. Um, Pacific Wonderland Lager. You can play it. Hey, well, no, that was uh, Talk them off. It's basically like, I'm, at the, I'm at the, uh, I'm at the, uh, <laughs> the Oscars. Yeah, the Oscars right now. I'm talking and getting dropped off by the music. But guys, <laughs> love hanging out with you, being with you guys. Good to talk some fantasy. Week four, four to the floor. Let's do it. Throw it down.
Two and five hundred pounds. Brown bears weigh between three hundred and over a thousand pounds. Black bears run away from you. Brown bears run at you. When attacked by a bear, simply lie still on the ground and cover your face and head with your hands. When the bear is finished batting you around and mauling you, contact the U.S. Forest Service. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.